Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> That's a new one. That's a, yeah. Are we going with it? or? Um, I don't know. You feel it's a little too country. Uh, I don't even know if it feels country. It just feels like if I met someone and uh-huh. they were like, howdy, howdy, uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, well, bye. Is it the second howdy? <laughs> yeah, it was too much. Two, two howdies. One too many howdies. What if I did three howdies? That's howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, that's even worse. That, no, I think... <laughs> That's the kind of greeting you would get at like the worst restaurant. Yeah, for you know? sure. When like you, go you go in and they're uh, it's fl- that's a flaming Moe's greeting right there. <laughs> now I feel like that's more if we were a country podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll just stick with I one think, even how one howdy's one weird howdy too. Is but, okay. Or how about a hello? Hello or a hi? What's up? Good Monday welcome to in. you. Yeah, welcome. Welcome in <laughs> to the Riot Podcast. Thanks for continuing to keep listening. Yes. So <laughs> despite uh, the in, intro, <laughs> I don't know. The howdy doesn't quite fit in, but we do talk about how I went to the county fair and a monster Ooh. truck rally, so it all that's almost tied together to you me. You mean you learned some new lingo while you were at the <laughs> county fair and monster truck rally? Yeah, but that, it was really more less country radio, less cowboy, and more... Uh, wrestling Were type. Were you the city slicker that made his way into uh, the uh, county fair? I felt that way, but I didn't stick out that way gotcha. because I already, even though I'm a city slicker in many respects, I still have redneck roots. <laughs> I still have, actually I was thinking It keeps you uh, humble. <laughs> what's the term? Hayseed or haystack? I was like haystack Hudson. Oh, I never heard that. That's or like uh, a needle in a haystack? Of, mm, no, like Hayseed would be, it's kind of like redneck or white trash, but it's more pejorative. Ah, oh, I never heard I that think one. It's hay, I can't remember if it's Haystack or Hayseed that's the more insulting one. But well, he's something. If anybody ever calls, <laughs> I won't be offended, but uh, you know, you wouldn't name a sports team the Hayseeds. Gotcha. Because that would probably be offensive. Unless but. you were a farm team <laughs> and it was just Hayseed. Like you, it's like, hey, well, we that, have the local Hayseed plant. And that works on two, two levels, the <laughs> farm does. team. Uh, But speaking of, we do talk today in the podcast about the news that came out right after the show ended on Friday uh, about the Cleveland Indians changing their name. To the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. So if you haven't heard about that. So now it's the awkward time where you have to always say Indians when you're telling about the Guardians because people don't understand the Guardians part yet. Yeah. (laughs) And they still are the Indians for the rest of the year. Oh, until the season now that they're changing, like just like with the Washington football team, you have to get out of the habit of saying the old thing sure. but and with indians it's just like it's still okay it's not that offensive <laughs> formerly like, known the cleveland it's, indians it's offensive enough that we don't want the team to be named that but it's not offensive enough that you have to stop saying it immediately yes, so right <laughs> you still got a grace period with that so one let us know your thoughts on if that was a good name or uh, should have been something else yeah we also have the weekend box office numbers how uh, which movie came out on top old snake eyes or that's not. That's two different movies. Not old Snake Eyes. <laughs> or did Space Jam stick around? Yeah, uh, we'll cover the uh, the old, top box office numbers. Old Snake Eyes. Now that sounds country. He's yes, an outlaw. Howdy, the, howdy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Snake Eyes would give you one howdy, but it'd be a lot grumpy. You'd be like, howdy. You'd get both. And uh, you knew if you saw old Snake Eyes and he gave you the howdy, that might be the last howdy you ever hear. Because you're sticking around wherever that person is. <laughs> you're never uh, leaving. Let's see. We also talk about the cockatoos that are teaching each other how to open trash cans in Australia. And uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah. And the new development with them. Yeah, there's something, especially if you're into cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. and you're an Amazon shopper. Yep, either one, (laughs) which pretty much encompasses everybody. I know this rumor could really affect you. So make sure you enjoy. Please enjoy the podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening and uh, say hi to us at Radio U Riot. Uh, Also join us at Radio U Official. We posted pictures from our weekend of fun. Yes, we each had a big weekend. So check that out and make sure to rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. And have a great time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Anyone can under-promise and over-deliver. Except these two. The Riot Radio U. As we alluded to, Nikki and I each had our own excitement this weekend. We had very busy weekends. So, Nikki, tell everyone. <sighs> what happened? Tell the group. Okay, you ready, guys? Yes. I just uh, did a photo dump at Radio U Official on Instagram. Okay. And if you go to Radio U, so you can see what Hudson and I both did we this weekend. We all know weekend. what a photo dump is, right? Yeah. Everybody? Just, you got a bunch of pictures from the weekend. Okay. So Thanks for addre- <laughs> addressing those of us who may not know. You're welcome. You're not welcome. I, but maybe some others. <laughs> well, you know, on Instagram, it used to be just like, oh, you put one photo. Yeah, isn't but that? But now you want to put more photos. Oh. You want to make sure so, you just dump them all I'm out there. I'm behind the times. <laughs> I would have never thought of that. Well, you are because you don't even have Instagram. This is why, this is why I'm not on there because I don't even know what's going on. So on Saturday, I took a two-hour road trip uh-huh. and I picked up a new kitten. Yay! Yay! And he's so <laughs> oh my gosh, it kills me. He's so soft and fluffy. And so now, uh, does he need a name still? He still does. We are taking name suggestions. Uh-huh. So if you guys want to head over to Radio U Official and see him on Instagram. Oh, then, uh, then you really will know what to name yeah, him. Yeah, then that way, because he's got a, a real look to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's quite a handsome kitty. Uh, wow. But then that way you can see what he looks like and help me figure out a name. So two hours away, uh, like wh- what was the... I, I know the answer, but why, where did you get this cat? Why did you have to drive so far? Well, we had a, a wonderful uh, family of listeners in Michigan, oh, and wow. they offered the kitten to me. They had a bunch, uh-huh. and I got to pick which one, and we met halfway <laughs> to go <laughs> and, and exchange At a neutral location yeah, just exactly, to be safe. Exactly. The police were present it. just to make the exchange. They were so, so sweet and so wonderful, and so then we drove the two hours back, and then uh, Eric's family got one too so we drove the family back uh the two cats together and they did really good now the, is it a brother and sister As or just brothers. two brothers yeah. they can have little play dates yeah they can go see each other Aww, still that's that's gonna be so sweet well that's really cool that the that the family was able to uh to get you that yeah it was so nice and he slept last night right next to me so oh, wow that way <clears throat> my allergies are like oh, it's a new animal <laughs> must get used to. get used to it i do have to but oh he's so cute so help me figure out a name if you guys don't mind um normally all my pets have like 
dessert names or yeah. candy names. Like I have cinnamon, sugar, Rolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have any ideas, if not, I might just branch out. This might be the time. Oh, you might do a different name. Might do something. Start a whole new theme. A new. Tr- oh my gosh, a new trend. Yeah. <laughs> a new theme with them. Oh. So if you have a chance to look and uh, tell me an idea, then post it in the comment section. Also at Radio U on our Facebook page and tell me what you think. My idea was Blackberry. And I still think that's so cool, but if it's a little long for a yeah. cat, but I'd and have to come up with a shortened version. But a short berry. <clears throat> but I could. Then if you started naming other things after other berries, then that would be confusing. <laughs> be too you wouldn't be able to different... Watermelon, get over yeah. here! <laughs> All these fruits. <laughs> oh, wow. I like watermelon, actually. Know, but not for the cat. Too. Not for this cat. Well, you have to look and see. Like He, he has a look, and he's very fluffy, so mm-hmm. I want something that kind of matches that. All right. Well, there's your, your task. That was the weekend! At Radio U Official... You might be thinking that this won't be quite as bad the second time around. Well, you'd be greatly mistaken. We're listening to the worst of the Riot Podcast. I'm out at the county fair <laughs> where I was there for a monster truck yes. rally. Yeah. And I am so proud of you for taking pictures of it. Oh, yeah. I know you don't like to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it was... it's also up at Radio U Official on Instagram and Radio U on Facebook to see Hudson and all of his monster truck glory. Yeah, I felt so annoying standing in front of the monster truck to take, take a selfie. Well, I mean, that's what you do when you go I there. Was... I was the only adult doing that. So, <laughs> did you take any pictures of the fair itself or like uh, food or anything? You know, I meant to, especially because I went and sat at the top of the bleachers for the monster trucks. So that looked out over the rest of the fair. It would have been a really cool picture to get the whole all of the rides lit up at, as the sun was going down. But I didn't do that. Well, now you notice these things after, and that's yeah, learning, right? That's fine. That's uh, so. The next. Like a year from now, if I go back, <laughs> go back I'll try remember. to keep that in mind. <laughs> but man, the monster truck rally, just to be clear, this was at a county fair, which I realized afterwards, I literally just found out that the actual monster jam is coming to town also. This like a week from now or something. Are you gonna go to that? No, but I thought <laughs> you should have gone there for the amount of money I spent at the fair. Yeah. I should have just gone to the real Monster Jam because it probably would have been about the same. Sure, and it might have been a better experience. Not that it wasn't fun to go to the fair and everything. It's just the actual monster truck stuff. This is like uh, single A monster trucks compared to the the big leagues. <laughs> But so, you never know when a truck will get called into the big league. That's right. And you can and say I'll, you saw it first. I saw him and I saw the truck that was, uh, you know, maybe it's the truck that's down on its luck after a, a long and successful career. Aww. Now it's trying to work its way back because yeah. I saw the truck that was, as they said, it was in Zombieland. Oh, no. <laughs> and now it's at a county fair. Well, it's got to make the circuit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 still got to make the rounds, I guess. And maybe you it's rehabbing. At the end, you got to ride like a, uh, a monster truck in the back. I did. How was I, that? I was like... You're never gonna ride. In a, you're never gonna get another chance to ride in a monster truck. At least, if everything goes according to plan, I won't. <laughs> this is, this is, this is the only time. <laughs> but uh, that was a lot of fun too. But you know what was funny about uh, how they have it set up is they had okay. First of all, it wasn't just monster trucks. They also had they called them quads, but it was four wheeler races. Yeah. So that was like in between when the monster trucks were out doing their thing. And I actually thought that was more interesting. Oh, that was more fun. Because they had it set up like uh, they had an announcer 
that was it was like they were it was like a wrestling match. So he was interviewing the two team captains from the <laughs> from the four four wheeler racing teams, yeah. and, uh, and they, they had one the guy that was clearly set up as like the heel, yeah. who was supposed to be. Uh, he was from a visiting state, out of town, and, and he was making him. sexist comments. <laughs> so that's where I really was like, wait a minute, we're really at the county fair. He's allowed to say these like sexist things, and, and it's just funny. <laughs> it's not. It's we're supposed to hate him, and that. I guess that's good. At least they're not the sexist guy isn't the one we're supposed to cheer for. Well, you know that but, they they probably alternate each night. Like, all right, you're yeah. the good you're the good quad this right. weekend, and then you're the bad one. Well, the other guy was in his home state, oh, so you had he why. had to be the good guy, of course. So man, that was it was very entertaining. And again, I think the quads were more interesting than the actual monster trucks. But it was all it was fun. That so was glad for sure. you went. Yeah, glad I went. Uh, maybe again, wished I would have gone to the full on monster jam <laughs> for the amount. I just wound up paying a lot for between the food and yeah. the tickets to get into the fair and then the tickets to get into the monster trucks and stuff. And then to ride the monster, it all added up, but well, man, it was fun. if anybody has an in for the bigger, uh, the A-team monster <laughs> yeah, truck rally, right. Hudson's interested. I would like to ride in one. <laughs> for real. Yeah, for real. Like a real one. <laughs> Not what you paid for. You should have gotten it on the quad ride, too. <laughs> yeah. They, they sh- well, yeah. And I just should have uh, flashed my credentials. Oh, and yeah. been like, I'm in the radio. This is going to be for the show, okay? Yes, so I'll let you go do that. Everything you love about the riot, plus a handy dandy fan. Forward option. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Jim was just texting us asking about some of the names of the monster trucks at your the rally that you went to yeah, on Friday. Yeah. And they're just just keep asking us and what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what was it called again? Because it's just not a normal name. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, straight jacket. Straight jacket was one. And you saw amped up. Yep. And, and War Eagle was one. War Eagle? War Eagle. Okay. And, and uh Super Trooper. And uh, that was it. All right, Jim, there you go. There you go. (laughs) That was the truck. Somebody's somebody's realizing, oh, I was at that monster truck rally. I could have seen Hudson. Yeah. (laughs) Who any of them could have been Hudson. I blended in. Somebody said I posted it on the Instagram story. Yeah. And somebody, I think his name was Andy, I don't know, Ryan, some guy. He was like, Hudson looks like he fit right in there. Oh, you did. Yeah. I do I think I have the look. Sometimes of uh, somebody that would go to a monster truck rally routinely, well, not went, just the once. You went in with confidence. I did. <laughs> and your picture well, showed I didn't want to stick out. I didn't want to <laughs> look like some big time guy. radio guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even though, I mean, it really isn't that far out of the city, but you, could, you couldn't tell from the clientele and everything. Well, if you have any other monster truck rally questions, uh-huh. please just I'll be send happy those. To yeah, answer. he now is like he is an expert. But well, I was gonna say let's let's just hold off a second because I know there are some that are super embroiled in the monster truck world, and that's not me. So don't come at me. <laughs> not that with, much. <laughs> yeah, with more like who are the drivers, and uh, you know what kind of rig were they running? You know how was their how was their suspension? It feels like up? wrestling where people follow the storyline yep, with it. So that's it's not what just I, like. That's exactly what it was like. Because like I said, they had the announcer and he was interviewing the quad guys. And uh, he... 
like the way he introduced it, it was like, this team has been on a real roll lately. And I've been like, who here has been following Maybe this minor have. league monster truck? I bet you someone <laughs> quad has. Quad racing league. Yeah, Jim somebody was totally asking has. about a particular truck so yeah. people know them. That's right. Well, I mean, I know Gravedigger. You know Gravedigger, right, Nikki? I That's don't. That's the original monster now, truck. No, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> that also sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> could be the Actually, same I think most of the names are pretty interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, they work both ways. Monster trucking wishes it was wrestling, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, feel free to text again to say hi and check out the photos from our Riot Weekend. Radio U Riot. Um, let's see, Radio U on on Facebook and then Radio U official on Instagram and you can text anytime at 877 to Radio U. The Riot really wanted to do this live, but now they can play video games and eat rice cakes instead. This is the worst of the Riot podcast. It's one of a couple things that seemed to happen right after the show ended on Friday. Oh, so we didn't get a chance we to didn't get a chance then. then is that the Cleveland Indians Will be the Cleveland Indians no longer coming at the end of this, or I guess however you want to put it, end of this year, start of next season. They're going to be the Indians for the rest of this baseball season, but then they are going to be the Cleveland Guardians. Now, I don't follow the Cleveland team uh-huh. <laughs> as much, so I felt like that was just kind of out of the blue. Uh, or had they been really talking about it? Yeah, or were people they, expecting the name change to come like they, that day? Well, of course, with a name like the Indians, it's been for years that it's been like, when were, are they going to finally have to change it? And I, I kind of understood that part, but it was just like, hey, this is the day we're yeah. doing it. <laughs> it. I think just specifically on Friday, that was out of the blue, but they had announced earlier this year. And for some reason, it wasn't like as widely publicized, I don't think, as when Washington uh, when they had to change their name in football, maybe that was more because it was so funny that they just suddenly decided, we're not going to be the old Washington team anymore, but we don't have a new name yet. We're just so, going to be the team. The football team. <laughs> but with Cleveland, they said, we're going to change it. Um, and maybe also it's because Cleveland's, I guess, you most would say it's not quite as offensive. <laughs> so, you know, like, if we're still allowed to say Indians now. Well, it seems like over the weekend, all I heard about was the supposed history of where the name came from uh-huh. and how it was actually for that. It was like an honor. Okay. It wasn't a negative thing, but now everybody now thinks it's a negative thing. Yeah. And then I also heard about the why would Tom Hanks do the video yes. showing the name change for the Cleveland Guardians. That's what I was also... <laughs> Something that stuck out to me. Right. (laughs) Than the original name. I don't know if it's something to get uh, like up in arms about, but I did. I was like, wait, is Tom Hanks from from Cleveland? No, he's from California. Is he a fan of the Guardians slash Indians? I I don't. I can't think of any specific ties that Tom Hanks has to Cleveland at all. And it's not even that he, I mean, his voice is nice, but it's not like he's a classic voiceover guy you know what i mean he's not morgan freeman well not even just uh like i don't think baseball and think tom hanks or like baseball movies no but everybody kept mentioning who's the game show host guy drew carey drew carey yeah that's the first thing that i was like you couldn't get somebody from cleveland particularly drew carey to voice it now granted drew carey doesn't have the like buttery voice that might but he's known yeah for cleveland you could get away with it because he would be yeah of course he's a big cleveland guy so there, I mean, there's other people from Cleveland. You could have chosen other options. And <laughs> they went with Tom Hanks, which is fine. But it's just, you know, you want to build your... The whole video uh, for the announcement is like, 
just giving the history and like all that Cleveland's been through and all the team has been through. And it's as if Tom Hanks has been through it all with them. It's like, <laughs> he's, not, he's not even a fan. He's, he's not, not from town. I don't understand that at all. Well, I think that also irked people more. Yeah. So I did see a lot of people upset about it. So the Cleveland Indians um, after this season will be the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. And uh, they've been the Indians since 1915. Yes. But not anymore. Not anymore. And the Guardians, if you're wondering, because it does feel like kind of a... A generic name, and I thought, well, what are they guardy guarding? Guardi. The city. They're guarding. It's actually it's a not the name. Galaxy. It's the yeah, city. That's it's right. Cleveland. They should have played into the Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy thing. <laughs> but it's actually, I didn't know this, but on Cleveland's Hope Memorial Bridge, mm. they have like statues, and they call them the Guardians of Traffic. Oh, so, so the team is the Guardians of Traffic, really. Is why they is where they came up with the idea. I don't know if that helps it, but yeah, at least really. it has it has something that <laughs> yeah. connects it. With oh yeah, it, if it was just generic and they just decided the Guardians, that would be pretty lame. Yeah, but at least Surpri- there's something. Surprised they didn't call him the Tom Hanks. And say yeah, love him really. So much. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just name it that? Yeah, if you let, why don't you just marry him? The equivalent of someone's lint collection. This is the worst of the riot podcast. This is this is what we talk about, Nikki. Every time we do a story about coffee, mm-hmm. uh, like a study about coffee, and it's good news, you know that in just a few days you'll be getting another study that says <laughs> bad news about coffee. It just happens. And it's not just with coffee, but anytime there's a study, there's yep. always like five others waiting in the wings yep. that tell you the exact opposite. So you don't know what there's, to go with. There's one study paid for by the pro-coffee lobby, and then there's one study paid <laughs> for by the anti-coffee, the tea <laughs> lobby. <Yeah. laughs> and you're like, I didn't know there was such a thing. There yeah, is. They're going back and forth. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful War. Well, I think when we last talked about it, they said that coffee was good, like even if you had um, heart arrhythmia. That's right. And it could help uh, cure your or keep your heart regular. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> Whereas some people wonder when you have too much coffee or your heart gets jittery. Yeah. <laughs> Are you getting palpitations yeah. from all that caffeine? And maybe the caffeine's bothering it, but um, you know they just there. There's a lot of stories that say the right amount of coffee can actually be a healthy benefit for you. But I'm sure someone has something else to say. Yes. Well, <laughs> granted, this this study here is really about drinking excessive coffee. Yeah. Uh, an excessive amount, and it doesn't have to do with your heart, but your brain. Oh, what does is it say? the issue? It says that if you drink six cups of coffee a day. Uh, or more, that is where you could start to have some issues. Uh, first of all, this is a study. It was uh, involving over 17,000 participants. That's pretty good. Age 37 to 73. Little little high there for the yep. age. It's uh, <laughs> from the UK Biobank Project. So if you're wondering, <laughs> if you want to go look this up for yourself and dig into the numbers, but what they found was people drinking six or more cups a day of coffee had a 53% higher chance of getting dementia than those who drank one or two cups or didn't a drink any at all. Amount. Yeah. So six six cups of coffee was the key there. So what do they count? Okay, for every time I drink coffee, yeah. we have, I don't know what size this is, but this is not like, this to me feels like a cup and a half I think or two that's cups. 12 ounces at most. Uh-huh. And it's tough because I think like generally eight ounces of coffee is thought of as like a serving size yes. when they measure the caffeine and stuff. So by that measure, we may be up to, well, okay, not you because yours is mostly cream. Yes. But for me, I drink, I fill up my my to-go cup 
twice. But like to go cup may it's probably at least twelve ounces. So that means if I fill it up twice, that's about what? Uh, that's eight, four. Uh, it's three. Carry the one. Three <laughs> serving sizes of coffee, coffee if it's twelve ounces. Sure. So that still, I'm only halfway there. I guess. But I feel like we drink more than we probably realize. Uh-huh. So at first, everybody's going, "No, six cups." Like, no, I think you get to six cups faster yeah. than you think. I yeah, especially again. I don't know the because they even say units of measure differentiate yeah, from ben, person to person and region to region. Ben just texted. He said, "For coffee, a coffee cup serving is six ounces." Oh no. That means I'm you're, at four. Yeah. I'm at four. So you still see safe. how you're climbing? Yeah, all of a sudden. Know, someone else want to text and us the this, difference? And in this study, they're doing it by two ounces. Exactly. So no, I'm, now I'm up to 12. Oh, so, no. so at this point, we're saying that Hudson is drinking the full six cups of yes. coffee. Well, this explains my my brain about. decay. My mental state has has really declined, and it's because of the coffee. Oh, so if you drink a lot of coffee, this study says that... Um, just something to be aware about that maybe we don't drink as much, but you find that sweet spot in between. Yeah, well, because they, they do say that if you're only drinking a couple cups a day, uh, that that's totally fine and totally healthy. In this study, they indicate that they believe that. But uh, they said that, again, once you account for all the other variables, uh, one thing that they noticed was that drinking a lot of coffee uh, meant a lower brain volume, mm. which is also seems to be tied, although not 100%, uh, an indicator it's tied to higher risk of dementia. And if you want to be in the cups amount, that's probably better for you uh-huh. for a lot of health benefits. They say two cups or less. Yes. Giving every novelty food the publicity it so blatantly desires. It's the riot on Radio U. Uh, I found this story. I actually happened upon it over the weekend. I wasn't even looking for stuff for the show. And you found this? I found this story, and I laughed out loud when I read part of it. Uh, It is the, it's a list of five major fast food chains that are falling out of favor with customers. Oh, gosh. Like, we don't like them anymore? Yeah, and they're struggling with sales. Or did we ever to begin with? Uh, Yes, that is a good question. And the five listed here... um, at least three out of the five are ones that are totally that we hit on on the show fairly often. Yeah. And the other two I kind of forgot even existed. So, of course, they belong on this list. That's right. They fit. And uh, those two, I'll just do those first because we probably have less to say about them. One is Quiznos. Oh, the sub place. Yeah. Did we ever spend time eating there? If we did, it was short. Man, I remember, I think if you're the right age, you remember Quiznos from their crazy commercials. Oh. If you look up the Quiznos commercials on like YouTube or whatever, yeah. you'll see and you'll see why we still remember them. Oh, sorry, Quiznos. I didn't even know you were still around. I totally didn't. Sorry. I actually feel like I remember seeing an ad for Quiznos pr- fairly recently and I was like, I know there's none nearby but and I didn't think there was somewhere. any, but good for them for somehow they're still sticking it out <laughs> and i remember quiznos like it's com- if you've never heard of it it's comparable to subway except they were the first place that would toast your sub for you there was one over there wasn't yeah, there was oh, there i don't know i never saw it yeah it okay. probably got replaced by jimmy john's i think it, no it's the other john's papa john's papa john's, I think <laughs> papa john's replaced it over there for real well <laughs> so there's so that's quiznos they were the first place to toast subs definitely better than subway at least Back when I still used to know that Quiznos was around. 
Uh, but now, obviously, things aren't going so well for them. And same for Boston Market. Oh, Boston Market. Very small time with them. Yeah, that was, again, when I was a kid, that was huge. They the say, Boston though, Market. that uh, reckless growth, meaning they kind of grew too fast right. and didn't stay up with it. And competition from Costco's rotisserie chicken <laughs> was what really did Boston Market in. Yeah, that used to be their thing, the rotisserie <laughs> chicken. But uh, but yeah, Costco came in and they, they all of a sudden Boston Market wasn't the only game in town for they that. couldn't do it. So these are fast food places that have fallen out of favor yep. um, uh, with everybody. So then we have Steak and Shake. That's one that we both, uh, we don't talk about on the show as much, but we both know. Steak and Shake is... because. Uh, and the things they hit on in the story are exactly right. It takes forever if you ever go through the drive-thru. Oh, they don't even they don't even answer the drive-thru. Right. You just sit there and, <laughs> and it's wait. like, well, they're open 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, but there. you're going to be there 24 hours waiting for your food sometimes. I just, and, it got to the point where you weren't getting your food. Yeah. Uh, Steak and Shake, I still, some people don't like the food. I think it's pretty good still for what you get and for what you pay for. Yeah. But you just have to wait so long. And uh, part of that, I, I read a while ago is because they again have grown a lot but they have not uh the reason that some of their food is so slow is because they've never upgraded their uh equipment inside a lot of their restaurants oh, so they're so working with way outdated stuff that's not as fast it doesn't work as well and it breaks yeah. a lot well now you just don't have anything now you know but then <laughs> here are the top two that we know that we talk about on the show all the time if anybody no would like to text anymore. in and guess real quick you've got five seconds eight seven seven two radio you ready set go <laughs> Which burger two king yeah, burger, burger king, king is one see if you can get the other one before we finish talking about burger king uh, and we know because all the Burger Kings around here have been closing. And when you do go to Burger King, again, you wait forever. They give you the wrong stuff it's and not it's like, not even good. They're not even closing. They act like they're closed, but they're still open. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, the Burger Kings near my house are being actually replaced. Oh, to One gets, is getting turned into a Popeye's, which is quite hey. an upgrade. Burger King was voted as the most hated fast food restaurant in America <laughs> last year. Which is crazy because it did used to be, it used to always be McDonald's and Burger King. Mm-hmm. And then Wendy's took over, and now Burger King is really an afterthought. And then the last one, Subway. Yeah, everybody sold. Everybody that. knows Subway yeah. is the last one. And but the thing, this is what made me laugh out loud. Uh, last week, when they changed their menu, or was it two weeks ago when mm-hmm. when they did the big menu refresh and it was a big deal, and they were giving away the free sandwiches. <gasps> They weren't even able to give away the million sandwiches. <laughs> because people were so not interested. That's yep. so bad. Everybody was so oh, out sorry, on Subway, Subway, so uninterested that they couldn't even give away. You give a, a, a million sandwiches. And they didn't even and get And everybody's that much. like, nope, nope, Aww. not interested. Well, next time you try something, maybe go with 500,000 or like, yeah, you know, so a you can reasonable meet the amount. Right. Yeah. So that's the fast food places that kind of fell out of favor yeah. or no one likes anymore. The Riot with Hudson and Nikki. Oh my God, no way. On Radio U. No way, no way. Everybody go ahead, check your Bitcoin price that you've got right now. It might be time to cash out. Uh, or maybe you want to hold here. No one to fold them. And- yep. No one. Yes. <laughs> no Thank you, Kenny them. Rogers. Yeah, that's all I know with that. Uh, the the price has skyrocketed overnight, and it's not for nothing. Uh, it's close to nothing. It's rumors. <laughs> that's what Bitcoin often is. <laughs> there is a rumor. This is from an anonymous insider source at Amazon. Yeah. That Amazon is going to start 
accepting Bitcoin by the end of 2021 really? as payment. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, here's here's the big news: uh, if you're a crypto bro, it's not just for Bitcoin. It's, a bra. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for Bitcoin. They should be, uh, or at least according to this insider, they are working on accepting roughly eight different cryptocurrencies. So not just Bitcoin, but eventually they want to accept possibly Ethereum, Cardano, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, They've got all these different ones that they are going to be possibly accepting. And they say Bitcoin by the end of the year, some of these other ones. And then Amazon is also working on their very own Bitcoin. Oh, you knew that was coming. Yep, yep, their own (laughs) cryptocurrency as well. And you could earn uh, (laughs) rewards for it. Oh, yeah, right. That's, that's fine. I'm not too surprised about this, but it is hard when if you put money in Bitcoin and the only time you're really happy because it's going up is when there's rumors about yeah, right. <laughs> it's just very scary because if the rumors never pan out right. or uh, maybe if they are true, some people are still still putting money in that. Yeah, it's still and it doesn't. Like, you get the connection off of the top of your head of like, oh, yeah, if Amazon accepts Bitcoin, that means it should be more valuable. But also, Not does it really, though? No. Like, it's, the more it's used in places, the actual, I expect, its value to go down or just level yeah, out and right. not be so fluctuating. Right. Because that, actually, that's a great point. I think what people like about cryptocurrency, particularly well, because of Bitcoin and how it skyrocketed over the years is that you could put a little bit of your money in crypto and it could one day, if that currency explodes, then all of a sudden you've made yourself a millionaire or whatever. But what the, the idea of Amazon and other places accepting Bitcoin really would mean, I would think that it would become more stable, which would mean you wouldn't lose, you wouldn't have the chance of losing all of your Bitcoin one day, mm-hmm. uh, losing all of its value. But at the same time, you're not going to invest in Bitcoin and one day it's going to skyrocket. So that's, out. that's what you have to think about. But if you do have a bunch of money tied up in Bitcoin, at least now you have some place to spend it. Yay. We were <laughs> spending money anyways on right. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well use that. Well, you were th- maybe you were thinking, <laughs> I've got all this money in Bitcoin. I'd like to at least cash it out. Yeah. So that- but I have to pay a fee. Now you can do this. Yeah. I, I was driving by it rather quickly, so I didn't get to stop and see it. But mm-hmm. I drove past a Bitcoin, a cryptocurrency ATM. Oh, really? On Saturday. I've never seen that before. I never have either, but there it was. I wonder what the fee is on that. I didn't stop to look. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, well, hey, you, that's you, interesting. You don't have any money stored up in Bitcoin or no, do you? No, I don't. No. Yeah. No, well, I'll, just, I'll let you do that and you tell me how it goes. I refuse to tie up a a lot of money in Bitcoin, but I do like to have just a few Doge coins, you know, just a few of the Tucked random ones in. sitting around yeah. again, because what if they skyrocket one day? <laughs> one day. If you spend a penny, a penny in Dogecoin is a penny earned that could be a million pennies earned one day. I, or if not, at least a few extra ones. Right. Find more Riot content online. Riot.radiou.com Does anybody else have this issue uh, where you're horrible at taking compliments Oh, are you, are you really bad at that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you always want to follow it up to like level it out. Yeah. So you don't seem like too greedy with compliments, uh-huh. but I don't know. Sometimes I have a hard time reading if the person's being like, you feel like honest or yes. not. Yes. 
Like, are that they just the saying thing. something as a backhanded compliment uh-huh. or what? When it's somebody, it's one thing. I don't still don't feel like I'm good at accepting compliments when it's somebody that is just random. But at least I feel that they're being sincere if I've never talked to them before. Compared but to if it's someone you're closer anybody to. Anybody I know, <laughs> I, when I get a compliment, when they're like, hey, Hudson, nice job on this. In my mind, I always have... I always have a little addendum. It's, hey, Hudson, nice job on this for once. This is the you one thing. That too yeah, it's like, even if it's a compliment, it always feels like, uh, like, yeah, but you don't really mean that oh, because no. if you're complimenting me on this, you haven't complimented me on all the other things. Yeah. So that must mean the other things weren't compliment worthy. So what we're saying is maybe uh, don't compliment Hudson yet uh-huh. or just really make sure that you cover all the sides Right. I like everything you've ever done, Hudson, yeah. is, a, is an appropriate way to compliment me. And here's me. another fantastic thing. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's very easy to find discouragement out there. I think there's, you know, an old saying even that like... Even in compliments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But even like with a compliment... Like you remember a compliment for a day, you remember a hundred compliments only stick around for a day, but like one bad word and all of a sudden it stuck with you forever. And that's probably, I I think maybe especially in radio, it's very true that we, since we have our big egos. And we can remember everything. Yeah, you remember the few criticisms you ever get for the rest (laughs) of your life. And that's actually definitely true. But in life, it really is. It's easy to find a lot of discouragement whether you go online or whether it's just the people around you, there's plenty of people that want to criticize you. And it's harder for us sometimes, I think, to hold on to those compliments or believe they're in sincere, uh, you know, to find that encouragement. But what I want to let you know is that God is always there to encourage you. It, like, it really is true where you know that Jesus is being sincere with you because it's true. It's tough to tell sometimes that the people in your life, if they aren't the closest that you trust the most, if even when they do compliment you, even if when they do tell you something nice, if they're being sincere. But the truth is, when you have a relationship with God, when you have Jesus, he is there to encourage you because he loves you. You can trust him. He's saying, I love you. You, What you are doing is good. You are like, I enjoy seeing you in your life. And even if you make mistakes, even for the failures you do have, I'm not mad about that because I love you for who you are and the good things you've done. And uh, even if that list you might think is really short, God doesn't think so. Jesus loves you and he loves you for everything about you. And the compliments and the encouragement is sincere. And he wants to be there to give that to you every single day. When you need it, God will be there to say, hey, I love you. Here's something you're doing great. I want to help you to feel better. Uh, And it's not just about feeling better, but it is. It is where God is with you every day for whatever you need him for. And all you have to do is ask, say, hey, God, I'm ready for that in my life. I've been through enough of the negativity. I know where to find that. I want to find some positivity. I want to find some hope. And I want to find that with you. And God will give it to you. And if you want to know more, RadioU.com slash free gift is a great place to start. This is Radio U's Worst of the Riot. So have you seen the videos, Nikki, of the, uh, they're calling them trash parrots, but they're really sulfur-crested cockatoos in Australia. And they're called trash parrots because they figured out how to open garbage can lids. Oh my gosh, are these wild birds? Yeah. Like they're amazing looking, but uh, like here they look like you would have this in your house. Right, it would be a pet (laughs) here in the U.S. Yeah, it wouldn't be wild. But in Australia, yeah, these are actually, uh, they're out in the wild and they figured out 
Uh, much like if you like, I guess here in the U.S. we'd be used to raccoons get or stray Trash cats pandas, getting yeah. into your getting into your garbage cans, but in Australia it is cockatoos that are just it, you'll see them. Uh, perch on the edge of your like your green rolling trash can that you roll out to the uh, to the sidewalk. Yeah, they have the, the little for, edge like the lip around the front. Yep, and so you've got the cockatoos, and they will stand on the edge and they pick it up with their te- with their mouth, their beak, and then they walk forward to push it over so that they can get into the trash can. Here's the scary part: they're saying they're learning it from each other. Yes, they're teaching it from each other. Yeah. They're teaching each other this trick. So in the suburban neighborhoods. Uh, on like trash day, yeah, they're having some real problems because these birds will just go through the trash and just pick it apart. Yeah, and isn't it? It's what's really funny is they can tell that they're teaching each other because in different areas you will see different techniques that all the birds will use. <gasps> oh, so, in so there some, might be some variations right. based on the neighborhood. Yep, and maybe based on the different trash cans and stuff like that. So there, the birds are. <laughs> It's like the cockatoos are getting together. They have a weekly meeting. They have a Facebook <laughs> right, group. Let's go over the latest business. Uh, you, uh, cockatoo number five, <laughs> you say you figured out how to open trash cans, a whole new way for us Great. to get food. Why and, don't you show us? Yeah, why don't you show the group? And <laughs> sure enough, now it's spreading like wildfire uh, that you can just <laughs> you could walk out to your trash can and see a cockatoo going through it. So they're saying they're trying to ask for public's uh, like help on how to keep uh, cockatoos opening garbage cans. Like, what do you do? It could mean a redesign for trash cans mm-hmm. or if you have a trick or because you can't like really lock it shut. Right. Then how will the trash guy get the trash? Yeah, it makes it harder on them. Yeah, maybe put a brick on it or something. Well. I mean, it's just now always going to be a game of cat and mouse where you're, the humans are figuring out how to keep <laughs> the cockatoos out and they'll just learn a new way to uh, I don't know. get their way in. As long as there's trash, they're going to want to eat it. It takes one bird falling in, yep. not getting out, for <laughs> yeah, it to maybe, learn. maybe that will teach them. I know, that, like, where did Bob the bird go? Yeah. <laughs> Bob went into the trash He's suspiciously thing. absent at the meeting this week. You got to put out a hit. No, Bob the bird doesn't go missing. Bob the bird... <laughs> It's just <laughs> the cockatoos have their meeting every week. Bob the bird is in an empty garbage can. Oh, no. He's in there. He's Spe- uh, Specifically placed. Yeah, he's he's dead. Yeah, put out, pull out a hit. Uh, send a message on Bob the bird. So make sure you. Oh, that's a good idea. DJ said maybe they should have magnets on the lid. There you go. That's a great idea. That Why could you, work. You need to get to Australia and yeah. start telling them this is how they could fix the problem. D must be an engineer Pretty coming smart. up with ideas on like that. <laughs> this is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Uh, it appears that HBO Max is going to be staying just as Max in 2022. <laughs> they're not changing their name or anything? Uh, or? No, no, no. Of course, they're not changing their name. They, they're they the only non-plus out there. Yeah, so but they've remember, got, HBO Max, it used to be HBO Go. Right. So and it did H- change its name and, in the beginning. And it was HBO Now before that, I think. Oh, you're right. Remember? But HBO Max used to be internationally what it was called yeah. before so it just it switched to that yeah i actually like hbo max uh it, it makes it sound big they should just do and, hbo max plus and it's unique yeah because all <laughs> the other ones are plus and so it makes them stand out it does just another reason why hbo max is my streaming service of choice and uh, that's only because that's the one you're paying for that's that's right <laughs> but if i had to pay for only one that would be it, it would probably be hbo max so the disney plus makes a good case yeah uh with the marvel shows but 
Uh, HBO Max, of course, they were the ones that kind of set the precedent uh, early this year when they announced that they were going to put out one movie a month that was a theatrical release, but that also released on HBO Max the same day, and it was included. It's not even like Disney Plus where you had to pay on top of your subscription for HBO Max. They just include it, and apparently that's worked very well for them because they now plan, they say, in 2022... To do that again with 10 different titles, they will have them release in theaters, but also still release on HBO Max same day. Because they get enough new subscribers, and then they're you have to keep the current subscribers happy. Right. So you got to keep Hudson. Yes. <laughs> willing to pay for it, and if that means sending a movie out, it doesn't seem like they'll do then, obviously, because we don't have 10 months a year. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they'll do the one every month. Yeah. Uh, and some of their directors and like movie company, production companies, yeah. weren't really hot on the put our movie out yeah. on HBO Max and in theaters at the same time. So... Maybe just, you know, 10 is all they came up with. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I know the guy that did Dune was very upset that they're still putting it on He's HBO the Max. Loudest, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I remember who else? Like Christopher Nolan wasn't happy. You know, some of the real film purists. And, and I'm sympathetic to them in a lot of ways because I think there is something special about seeing a movie in the theater. But also, it's hard to go to the theater sometimes. You know what also counts as a theater? What's Your that? living room. Yep, you can make it into a theater. <laughs> it is. Yep, you just uh, make a bunch of popcorn, throw it on the You're ground, fine. It's and the all theater, of a sudden... It's the theater of your heart, ha- and if a- you can make some potholes in front of your house... Yep, if like you uh, just get a big overflowing trash can at the yeah. end of the movie, and all of a sudden it feels like you're there. If I want a, uh, a soda fountain machine that has very much watered-down yeah. soda, including a Diet Dr. Pepper that hasn't worked for three years... Yep. I want that feeling in my house. You just put a uh, you put seltzer water and then just add a little bit of diet Dr Pepper. Just and all to of a sudden it it's just like you're really at the theater. Oh, and I want to rip a few holes in my seats at home. <laughs> that's going to be perfect, and maybe it won't recline the whole way. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the theater for me. You have somebody on their phone and they're whispering too loud, not actually paying attention, and then they criti- and then somebody else criticizes you yes. because you got up and go to the bathroom in oh. the in the middle of an intense scene. Yep. Yep. That's, and I, that's I the want, movie theater life. I want my mechanical theater chair to have something wrong with its motor <laughs> so that if you do decide to move even the slightest oh, bit, yeah. it makes a horrible noise now in that, the whole theater. That is the number one thing you can do <laughs> to make it feel like you're really at the movies here. Oh, boy. Just sign me up, right? Uh-huh. I mean, they. I don't think Hollywood understands that we can recreate that at home. Yep. And uh, for, for a fraction of the price. I know, for a lot less. Or for a monthly subscription price instead. If not, maybe our theater near us that we go to is just so special. Uh, I mean, I think that maybe like 75% of theaters are like that. Yeah. Uh, especially nowadays. And the other 25% are the ones that cost too much. Yeah, so, not going. so you don't go. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so we stay at home. So they're going to, at least for HBO Max, keep doing that next year because it's gone well for them this year. Yeah, but it is interesting because you like w- trying to square everything away where with Disney especially we know that they made a lot of money with Black Widow on the first weekend of release uh, in the actual theaters and with the Disney Plus but then after that it dropped off a lot and you wonder if there was a connection and if they still want to do that going forward because it might in the long run if you're losing more money 
or if you're making, if you would still make more money if you only put it out in theaters, where if everything didn't drop off when you have it uh, also available for people to watch at home. I think, but for HBO Max, they've obviously decided that even not charging an additional price, they're making enough money from sure. releasing it at home that it's still worth it. Disney needs to realize, like for Black Widow, that might have been everyone who wanted to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. because you keep it in theaters longer or, uh, you know, you're you're curious about the premium uh, amount you have to pay for on Disney yeah. Plus. Maybe that was everybody who wanted to see Black Widow. Yeah. And I really think that that one, I don't think you can take a lot away from Black Widow because of how long it was delayed and where it falls in the Marvel Universe and everything. Sure. It's just uh, it's just a different animal. And try see what happens if you do that with some of your other releases. So we'll find. I mean, the Disney, people at Disney are smart. They know. They don't care. (laughs) They've got the numbers that we don't. They're fine. We're just here speculating. Just (laughs) us here. The Riot Podcast. Radio View. We promised you a new shortage to be concerned about uh, for the rest of the year. Add it to the list. And this one is alcohol. (laughs) There is. like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, But it's not what you think because I do know uh, you remember that like alcohol sales were way up last year. Oh, they were. And and it's hard to, I think, equal out. Was it at home alcohol sales were way higher and even higher than they than the alcohol sales from restaurants would be, you know, like to cancel out each other? Were people really drinking more is the question. And I don't know, but I think that's safe to assume. But it's not actually because people are drinking more. The problem is, as so much of our issues are right now with all these different shortages, is supply chain where the breweries and the distilleries and whatever are able to make plenty of alcohol. Like they've got it. They just don't have a way to package it. Uh, or Be- like the drivers to take it. Uh, not even that. It's it's the problem is they don't have. Oh, they have the glass. Yeah, they don't have the glass, the kegs, oh. all of that kind of stuff. You're and right, there's an ink shortage as well so affected, for printing the labels. This affected Coca-Cola, too, because of some of their bottles. Yeah. Uh, because they weren't sending out all the different variations of soda uh-huh. because they didn't have the bottles and cans to put it in. Yeah, it is. Uh, and even with uh, with the glass bottling, I guess they need a, they call it a crown that holds the glass in place when, I don't know if it's when they're filling it or whatever, they just, I mean, it's just a thing. They have a crown that they need for the glass bottle, and those they aren't able to get either. Those are also in short supply. So basically what's happening is all of the breweries are ordering up all of the glass, bo- like all of these supplies as fast as they can get them, but there's not enough to go around. And then again, then you have the next line down, the distributors that are ordering from the breweries are ordering up all the alcohol they can get because they can only get so much. Sure. And so at the end of the day, you are seeing, if you walk down the beer aisle, you're seeing a lot of empty spaces because they just can't keep it stocked because they can't, cannot package it to keep up with how much they are selling. Oh, see, I, th- I thought it was actually the the liquid itself. Yeah. But it's not. It's no, the glass. That's not the problem. It's the crowns. It's the glue for the packaging. Right. Uh, which, I mean, if you run a um, if you run a wing place, like uh-huh. between that and the chicken wing shortage, I don't yeah. know how some of these places are, go- are what, doing it. What are you going to sell? <laughs> what it's, are you doing? It's all the stuff. <laughs> 
all the stuff that you don't think of when you think of alcohol sure. is all the stuff that they're short on. But I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, you know what? You don't need to package it. Just pour just it right pour it into in. my mouth. Yeah, well, if, I'll take care of it for well, you. Well, if not, I've said this a lot during the past year. Uh, you know, I don't drink, but I drink a lot of soda. Uh-huh. And when you go to a restaurant and stuff, like everybody's fountain drinks are just awful. Yeah. It seems like the mixtures are all wrong. They're really watered down. Mm-hmm. So even that has had a really hard time with you just don't get a there's no beverage to drink yeah, when you're out eating. Right. So you don't feel, get a consistent product. Yeah. I feel like you need to bring your own baggie or something <laughs> or just figure it out and get it from B-Y-O-B, a better, yeah, get wherever it from you a, go. A better place where it's a little bit stronger but, and then have it when you're drinking. <laughs> Let's just take that clip of Nikki. You're going to have to BYOB where it's a little stronger. Sure. And then you'll be good to go. I just McDonald's and Wendy's, I I really, and even Arby's the other day, I really feel like your Diet Coke, and McDonald's used to be always about their Diet Coke. Yeah. And uh, the Diet Dr. Pepper, every place is just awful. You're actually right about the McDonald's because McDonald's is so known for how consistent and how good their own uh, technique of putting the Coke and Diet Coke and the fountain drinks together. And yeah, they've had some issues with it. You think we'd be better hydrated with water because there's nothing else to drink at this point, but we're not, I guess, that desperate. Hey, you know what we still have? Uh, 20 pounds of, no, 10 pounds of coffee in the Uh, break. That's all we can drink. Worst of the Riot podcast. Over the weekend, we Nikki and I were very busy, but we did not get out to the movies, right? I didn't. Did well, you? I don't want to do anything they want us to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't want to see anything when they would like us yeah. to. <laughs> well, I almost stayed at home and watched a movie. Yeah. I ran out of time, but I almost either watched A Quiet Place 2 or Nobody. You know that one? Which one's that? That oh, the- is the John Wick-esque movie with Bob Odenkirk. That's right. People say that's pretty good. Yes, I really want to, I really do still want to see it, and I have not gotten and around that's to it yet. Old enough, which yeah. leads to the other movie that was <laughs> the two big ones uh for this weekend. Uh Old and then Snake Eyes were the two main new releases. Yeah, but did you see the actual numbers? Old was number one at the box office. It made Sixteen million dollars. Sixteen point five. That does. Thank you. They, they really want the whole amount to count. Yeah. They well, they need to count every last dollar because that does not seem like a lot at all, but especially for a summer weekend. But it's not a high profile movie. I mean, they pro- promote. It seemed to be promoted a lot. Well, there wasn't much else. I mean, that and the yeah. Snake Eyes one also wasn't really promoted too. It feels like they didn't think either one was going to be a big. Big ticket for the weekend. Yeah, what I'm interested in is, and of course, Box Office Mojo uh, does not look like it used to. It doesn't have the... the. Uh, <laughs> what are you man, looking for? It used to be so nice. It would have like the budget for the movie, uh, like what they spent on it. You. It doesn't have that for old anymore. So uh, way to go, Box Office Mojo. But 16 million, I don't know. It's M. Night Shyamalan, so it might have been a lower budget movie, but I can't imagine you made your budget back with $16 million. It did make $23 million worldwide, mm-hmm. but it still seems like you need to make more than that to uh, to get your money back. So the other G.I. Joe movie, Snake Eyes, yeah. that made a little over $13 million for okay. its domestic um Numbers and then Black Widow came in at number three with almost twelve million. Now that feels like it really has to be uh, 
13 million has to be a lot less than what they spent on that. At least it's getting something. I mean, the other big number one was Space Jam, uh-huh. and they're saying that fell right on down. That dropped, <laughs> oh my gosh, 69% down from last week. It did. So and just a little over 9 million. Below Black Widow, which was the big release from a couple weeks ago. So uh, not a great weekend for the box office, it doesn't look like. Uh, but I don't, I'm still interested in seeing old. And uh, oh, did you hear this? Did you know why uh, Paul Rudd was almost in the movie Old? He was? Yeah. Is this a joke? And they didn't cast him because it so wasn't believable to see him age. <laughs> Nobody would believe it. Well, that's true. That that guy's older and you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. I uh, I thought of that over the weekend. I did knew you, I had to use it on the did show. Did you tweet that over the weekend? No, but I almost did. That feels like the at perfect first, tweet. Well, at first I was going to tweet a picture of Paul Rudd on the beach and yeah. say, and then just say Paul Rudd before old and then after being on the old beach. But I saw other people had done that. Other people hadn't done my little line I came up with. Well, feel free to use that, guys, today. Uh And you don't even need to give Hudson credit. No, you don't. He's not about that. Or you could and say, (laughs) I heard it on this really cool show. You should Uh, check it out. (laughs) And if not, why don't you start planning all your Jungle Cruise jokes? Uh As a reminder, that comes out this weekend. Okay, I've got a week to work on that. The worst of the riot is over, but the fun can keep going. Hey, I saw you checking out my goods. Check the riot blog or stalk us on social media. You want to sample them? A little try before you buy, huh? Through riot.radiou.com. episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners, patrons, and sponsors. If you'd like to learn more about supporting the 3-Bit Gamer Show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash 3BG. And a huge thanks goes out to our boss-level patrons, Jeff, Christopher, and Patrick. My father's final words were, Love her as I loved her, and there will be joy. I present to you your queen, Queen Blizzard Games. Why do you do this? Because you had a lovely game studio in your hands and you gave it up! But they would have killed Warcraft if I hadn't done it. Your true fans live and you merge with another! True fans saved her at BlizzCon and she treated them like garbage! And that's what she is! The Queen of Refuse! So bow to her if you want! Bow to her! Bow to the Queen of Slime! The queen of filth, the queen of putrescence, boo, boo, rubbish, filth, slime, muck, boo, boo. Welcome to the Three Bit Gamer Show. I'm JD. This is Peterson, and this is Trent. And boo. <laughs> 
Dude, I got to give kudos to JD because he nailed that old Dude, crone. So good. I just, just a testament to how many it. times I've seen that film. It's just burned into my my memory. Dude, that's the part when JD's in his car. That's the part he's doing on his own. He's yeah. memorized that he's memorized that monologue and he does it in the vehicle. By Every time something happens on like TV that Jonathan disagrees with, he just screams at just it like that in general. Dude, that's just going through my head. Someone cuts me off in traffic. Someone does roll down your I, window. I disagree with <laughs> politically. I'm like, Boo! that's all I want to say. If I'm going to cost people in, in public. That's all I'm going to do is just boom. Live from the three big gamer show. The news. <laughs> All right. Our news this week is brought to us by Crave Cookies. Cannot wait. The granola bears bliss. Oh, my God. Trent, <laughs> two granola cookies in a row. Did I die and go to heaven? Dude, you said you said you wanted more oatmeal stuff. And so it's like, okay. So it. more oatmeal stuff. And there's this another is... oatmeal thing next week. This is the then we'll take a break from oatmeal Having even the slightest influence for the <laughs> that I'm buying in a weekly basis is really nice. I'm like a, I'm like a regular. This is what it feels like. A regular. The Cronola Bliss. Go to CraveCookies.com. Check this thing out. The Crave Oatmeal Cookie Dough Base has dried cranberries, white chocolate chips, granola, and a white chocolate drizzle. I made granola for the first time a couple weeks ago. If you're on the 3-Bit Discord, which you should be, we have an Eats channel where I bragged about my granola. Dude, this is a lot of like what Dude, I put in my granola. Granola is so this good. Is the dopest thing ever, but you made it a cookie. <sighs> so I yeah, it sounds amazing. This one's this one the dopest of my thing ever. So you guys go there. They've also got the, they brought back the Biscoff Explosion um, and the Cinnarol Pop-Tart, the baked butter beer. If you're feeling Harry Pottery. It's his birthday this week. It's Harry HP's yeah. birthday. Send him a sock and a hanger. Yeah, dude. Uh, also the chocolate cream pie, which is super, super dope. Uh, so check it out. It has a cram cracker in it. Like, get real. Uh, CraveCookies.com. They're in Midvale, Utah. Get your crave on. Crave! Uh, all right, guys. This news this week is just five Ooh. stories, and it's going to take us just, a fucking just a hour. Bummer. <laughs> None of them good, so This, this had better be the last of them. I grow weary of slaying such filth, and your gold is running thin, zealot. Your tongue doesn't cut nearly as deeply as your blade, cell sword. Silence yourself and prepare to dispatch this vile creature. It's just around here, in the, in the old church house. It's been abandoned a hundred years, but then it moved in. Brought with it nothing but pain and misery and death. Assassins and pirates. Far cries. Divisions. Not to mention when they took old Thomas Clancy. Oh, what they did to Thomas was a right crime. What's the beast called? Don't let its name cross your lips. Ain't nothing more I can do to hurt me. Bastard calls itself Ubisoft. You fool! You've spoken its unholy name and summoned it right to us! You'll owe me double for this, priest! Just buy me time enough to cast a union summoning spell. Over here! Get inside the church! (laughs) 
It knows we're here. So make sure not to say anything. Priest, begin the ritual. It's done. Finish off the creature. It's done. Are you certain? This is no normal beast. <laughs> you zealots are all the same. You speak of these creatures like they're gods, beyond the reach of mere mortal men. Let me tell you this, priest, and remember it well. They can bleed. They can die. And Ubisoft is dead. Anyone paying like the 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 slightest attention to video game news uh, in the last couple weeks has probably seen a little bit that basically it just seems like not unlike the climate right now around the entire world. It seems <laughs> like the the AAA video game industry is just in constant turmoil and everywhere, and no one is free from this. Uh, and so we'll start here with Ubisoft. Ubisoft is not having a great year after last year of not having a great year, which came on the heels of another not great year. When we say not great year, we mean news wise, game wise, they actually did pretty well. Made hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> didn't give redistribute any of that to their but employees. they didn't do very well. Yeah. But um in but in terms, in terms of like of the news public are... perception of this mm. company, yes, uh they they you know had their own Me Too movement. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, and guess what? It continues. But first, we'll start with uh something that's that guys, this is there's no there's only small amounts of sexual harassment in this story, so kudos. I guess Things are looking up. <laughs> Headline. First, it was an Assassin's Creed expansion. Now it's Ubisoft's eight year nightmare. At first, I was like going to pass on this story, honestly, because we've talked about Skull and Bones. We've kind of yeah. talked about it to death. We mocked it endlessly. Um, but this story uh, coming out of Kotaku gives a lot more context. And so I just kind of wanted to touch on it. Um, Peterson, do you want me to just give like kind of the. The, the Reader's the, Digest the in like skinny. two minutes of this. Yes, give us the skinny. Okay, so Skull and Bones. This de The development of this game began back in 2013. It was a multiplayer expansion to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. I had no Sounds idea. Sounds fun. No idea. But that was going to come out as a post-launch update. Trent's right. Sounds dope. Um, and so some say that despite how well these E3 blowouts they had were received, the game never actually existed. So not unlike Anthem, which was just a bunch of gameplay demos that weren't really reflective of what was actually going on behind the scenes. Skull and Bones never had a clear creative vision behind it. They suffered from too many managers vying for power, and they were plagued by uh, almost annual reboots and mini refreshes. 
remember, keep in mind that this game was coming out at the tail end of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One's life cycle. So there's a lot of changing technologies. And when your game is in flux and not really going anywhere, you're like, oh, well, let's fucking try a new technology. And that adds another six months of development time. But who cares? Because the game's not going anywhere. Fundamental questions like, quote, do you play as a pirate or play as a boat? We're constantly closed and reopened. I remember I you talked about this a game boat. over the course of a couple of years on X96, and I have reported multiple things that it was going to be a game where you played as a boat and then a game where you played as a pirate. And I just, people must think I'm fucking crazy that go that yeah. only hear me like once a month. They're like, this JD guy is just making up stuff. Because I think I, we talked about that game two years ago, and you were just a boat. Uh, they asked, apparently, they started asking the entire team, this is recently, they started asking the entire team for the first 2016 design documents because they just wanted to do that again. We are literally at full circle here. Five years Dude. later, they're like, yeah, let's yes. just go back literally to the very first stuff we had. They have hundreds upon hundreds of people at this studio, Singapore, Ubisoft Singapore, who are working on multiple disparate things and have been for like eight full years. Just random shit doing just someone's working on the the ship mechanics here someone's building like a pirate island named libertalia over here that's going to get scrapped and they're spending so much time on this uh <laughs> The, the, this is a good quote from the article that I pulled out. Quote, this is from one of the developers. It's one of the only projects I've seen where we, as we were going, the team became more and more junior because all the talent and all the experience would leave constantly. People oh would gosh. learn about the project, see how it works and everything around it, and then leave. It was constant. So they have nonstop overturn while they can't get a grip on the game. According to three sources, the project has already cost Ubisoft more than $120 million. And that just keeps going up because guess what? Just like everyone else in the video game industry, these people's salaries are based on bonuses. Well, if the game doesn't come out for eight fucking years and you want to keep your staff actually working on that game, well, you have to give them like a fake bonus. Like if we give farmers subsidies, which is just like free money for actually not really doing anything. So the games don't release. They don't have payouts. So they just throw money at this, this problem. And uh, on top of all of this, on top of all of this, Ubisoft Singapore, their entire existence is predicated on a deal with the Singapore government. Yes. $75 million. No, wait. No, it was a much larger loan than that. They hundred. It was like $150 million loan from the Singapore government. And it requires them to A, hire a set amount of employees and B, release a set amount of games. They came swooping in on a prayer and a promise that they were going to just completely reinvigorate the, the game development's seen in singapore and they were going to be an anchor for all this stuff and this is what they've done with it so they have to release these games uh they have to release something they have like, to legally yep. they're they are bound to release something and i guarantee this would have already been shut down years ago because who, who I, I just who's this game for now who's who's I just love the developer singapore the it's government too big to fail like the u.s banks Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A game too big to fail. Oh man, this has this, happened before. You've this seen this. Nightmare. Do you guys remember a game called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Yeah, Kurt Schilling's game with Thirty Eight Studios, which existed ex exclusively to make this one game, and it was made created by a seventy-five million dollar loan from the government of Rhode Island. Uh, they made the game. They had to get it out. They they just forced it out, and it was like actually a pretty good game. And then well, that they was just it. Re the studio it. exploded. 
yeah and so it's like no holy shit uh i wonder who owned the rights to it Wild. um so yeah that's this game but so i'm not let's let's not even ruminate on that because let's get into the real problems the real problems at ubisoft singapore uh like this is like you, know, you see in a movie and the guys go down into the sewer and like don't go in the fucking water don't walk in the water <laughs> Dude, don't go in there <laughs> There's a poop floating right on the top. No, Ew, walk along the, the side. The poop Don't. is an indicator of what is what is <laughs> mostly in the water. The story I just read you is the poop, folks. We're about to just hop in the river, and I will tell you everything in the river that is wrong with Ubisoft Singapore. Uh, here's the headline again from Kotaku: "The messy stalled reckoning at an Assassin's Creed co-developer." Uh, this is all about. The regular uh, sexual harassment, uh, just general misogyny. I feel like that kind of covers everything. It was just like routine discrimination against women. Uh, This guy, Hughes Record, who I believe we've spoken about before, he was the main motherfucker behind all of this. And through this, through this eight-year period, was progressively promoted despite having all of these HR complaints against him, women quitting directly and attributing that they're quitting to him. Dude, he, JD, it's too expensive for them to fire these people. Didn't you remember from last week? It's too expensive. They can't have that sort of turnover. That's what Yeah, they said. because I keep forgetting <laughs> that the sexual harassment is a perk of the job. <laughs> Uh, for comes these with dudes. territory, dude. This motherfucker. They still didn't fire him. He is currently at Ubisoft. He is. He was promoted after all of this. All of this shit. Eight years as a failed, like studio head, and and all a million HR complaints. Stories. International press covering multiple stories. You've got people in America, in France, in China, all writing stories about this one motherfucker. And you're like, would you like a promotion? Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. A He's promotion like, to Ubisoft. To, a, to a better my... position. From, you will be production intelligence director for the entire company. Oh, Hughes, you will reach the top. Did they... Fuck. Uh, uh, by the way, I don't, that accent was like a mishmash of like three different accents. I loved it. <laughs> um, no, dude, dude. I'm tapped. I am. Yeah, we can't out. do we can't do much more voiceover <laughs> work. Um, but yeah, no, this guy essentially got to do got to do a uh, eight year. What was it, eight years? Is that how long he was in Singapore? And and it's not just eight him. Year... Like he's always got the the people that he promoted and the people that he like groomed were people that did this. And... Right, but they 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 paid for him to go live in Singapore for eight years. Yeah, paid him well, and then yeah. they're like, all right, time to come back. You're your little vacations over. Come back like, home. I want to go live in Singapore for eight years on Ubisoft and just time. be like a fucking degenerate. I, I don't want to do that part of it, but <laughs> it's I part mean, of the deal, dude. You're working at Ubisoft. You want to fit in? That's why I don't have around. a job at Ubisoft, <laughs> dude. Like this, slap a butt. I don't know. Slap a butt. Slap a butt or two. See how it feels. See if that aligns with like your own personal morals. <laughs> um, see what you just give it a little test. Give test a little slap. Tap. Yeah. You see how you like it. You get like a queasy feeling in your stomach and you're like, oh my God. Oh, this my job conscience. not for you. Not your thing. But hey, if you're like, wow, that was empowering. I feel like 
doing that more. Well, Ubisoft is the place for you, folks. Should I slap more butts? <laughs> oh, man, this butt slapping thing is great. Guys, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at Ubisoft Singapore. Nothing will change. They just replaced Record. They found some other fucking white guy from Ubisoft Winnipeg, and they just shipped him out there. He's 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 he was at Ubisoft Winnipeg with like a hundred people, and they're like, "White dude, speak French. Get on the plane. <laughs> Get on the plane." And he's over here like warming up his hand on the flight. He's like, "I'm gonna grab so many butts. I cannot wait." His hands like ready. He's yeah been so moisturizing that, his hand for like three months to get ready for this yeah because ultimately him being uh ready and and able to lead a gigantic studio like ubisoft singapore to put together a project of this size and scope and just general buggery uh they don't even know what it is jd i guarantee there was one guy who was like wait so are we playing as the boat or the pirate, and then they're like, not this again. Oh my not god, we told again. you, Henry, you're the fucking sales! He's like, no, I only brought this up because what if, what if the ocean was the real character? And they're like, all right, conference room, now. Conference. We're bashing this out again. Because, you know what? That's a fucking awesome idea, and I want you to talk more about it. So, look, let's get in the conference room and flash this out. Everything we've seen about this game so far is essentially... A concept pitch. They have nothing. <laughs> That's exactly what Anthem was. You remember this? Yes, exactly. it was just concept. But it was such a good concept pitch. <laughs> it was a great concept. Oh, it got pitch. me so good. That's the thing. Maybe you guys. Maybe there is a niche in media here. It's like called like disappointing video game uh, media, where you it's just my, like make favorite media. Just make fucking trailers for games that are just never going to come out. And maybe the act of doing this will help people like come to grips with the fact that they'll never see these games and they won't demand them. And they'll just be content with seeing the Anthem trailer at E3 of a game that never, ever actually existed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Maybe that's what you guys should get into. All right. Well, um, that I think so. Yeah. And then the last thing on Ubisoft, which the hits just keep coming on these guys. Uh, Ubisoft has lost another of their Assassin's Creed developers. Assassin's Creed franchise art director Raphael Lacoste has left Ubisoft after 16 years of butt smacking goodness. I, I don't fucking know. Just kidding. This guy we has don't no know if he is. We just that. assume at this point. <laughs> it's just it's safer to assume. Yeah. Um, but dude, I looked at this guy's Instagram. So he is the uh, he's been there 16 years. And he did a lot of like the concept art and the high level art, kind of like the stuff that Danny does. I looked at his Instagram. Guys, this guy is phenomenal. It's really like, cool. He goes and takes a picture of like an airport hangar and makes it look like a giant sport spaceport. And it doesn't look like a hyper realistic spaceport. Like it's got an artistic flair. And you're like, did someone fucking paint that? And so you can totally see like how this dude's really grandiose. You can just see in a couple of his Instagram things. His grandiose vision kind of leads a game where you climb up huge buildings and see huge historical landscapes. And yeah, and uh, don't forget, like it can't be understated. We talk about Assassin's Creed, but I think the real beauty of Assassin's Creed is the landscapes they recreate. Oh, they yeah. spend so much time. I know they're always pumping these games out, but they that's spend the soul so much of time the game. and effort recreating what did this look like what was the scale of it and and they really nail that that's what these assassin's creed games nail and this is the art director for the franchise yeah He's and you've gone. seen you've seen how many games 
are adequate or competent at copying the Ubisoft formula, which is the same like quests, the same quest giving, the same maps, the same progression and trees. Mm. Ubisoft's formula for open world adventure games is not unique at all anymore. They're like Peterson said, they're worlds. That's what makes them stand head and shoulders above these other games and if they lose that like far cry's worlds don't jump out at you they look pretty fucking yeah. generic would you agree peterson yeah yeah you're the first time you're there you're like oh that looks really cool and, and then, then you like, kind of forget uh... you kind of it becomes a background thing that you're not noticing because it's good it's right it's good enough you're just not noticing it but assassin's creed i feel like you notice it the yeah. whole time you're constantly noticing these amazing things you see a building and you're like i want to climb that and you can and yeah. the, the final point worth noting here is that Assassin's Creed has become their main series. This is Ubisoft's big moneymaker uh, for regular a regular release single-player game. And the people that have just been bleeding, so many other lifers have left the series over the last year or two, especially as Ubisoft has become a very toxic name. If you left Ubisoft in 2016, bully for you, that's great. If you're still at Ubisoft in 2021, well, you got some splaining to do when you apply. Sorry. Like, how long did you work there? Uh, especially, especially if you're like these dudes and your higher ups that were absolutely in the know of a lot of the things that were going on. You're not going to have a lot of problem if you're like a lowly art person at Ubisoft getting a job somewhere else. No. Like, but if you're sitting in your cube all day, uh, you may have not experienced this. The numbers... Wasn't it like one in four or something yes. like that? Had At Ubisoft, seen or heard of, it is experienced it. Terrifically high. So at the management level, there is no possible way yes. you have not come across this in any form. So yeah, that I mean, that's fucking question one. I'm interviewing someone as a manager at, coming out of Ubisoft. Is like, what do you? What have you done in the past in response to sexual harassment claims? <laughs> what not lawsuit are we going to get I'm from you? I'm just fucking assuming <laughs> automatically. What lawsuits are you currently a part of, and what do you anticipate being in in the future? They're filling out the form, and they're like, oh, I'm not a part of any lawsuits. What? Required? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a part of a lawsuit, and they're like, come on, we know you are. Come on, come on, like. You have like to at least put two down. You have, we know you have to find like two references. Put your two lawsuits down. <laughs> God, fuck you, All right, let's do this next one. Tell me, priest, how was it that you came across so much gold? Last time we met, I believe you gave me all the gold you had, or so you told me. Would a man of God lie so easily? My gold and where it comes from is of no concern to you, sellsword. You just mind your torch and keep your sword at the ready. You truly believe that this blizzard is real? Aye, I've seen it with mine own eyes. Perhaps it was before your time, but the blizzard once ruled these lands as a benevolent overlord. This countryside was a shining beacon for humanity, but the people knew not of its evils. The blizzard was never more than a slimy, crawling, conniving, hateful creature, intent on nothing but death and misery. And yet no one in town has ever heard of its name? Far few know its name, for it rarely left survivors. It slayed an entire world of Warcraft, finished off every single one of the heroes of the storm, 
And some even claim it created and killed off three devils for its own amusement. And you believe a mercenary and a priest stand a chance against such a being? I believe we have no other choice. The very existence of this beast is a sacrilege, a blasphemy, an impurity on our world that must be cleansed. And believe me when I say... (laughs) What in God's name is that stench? We've arrived. The blizzard must be close. Ready yourself. My God! Look at the size of it! It looks to be already dead, priest. You can see its skin rotting off its bones. Mortals! Who dares? Who dares enter my domain? Down here, beast. What's happening to you, great one? You were once a bastion of hope for humanity, and now you lay here rotting to death in your own filth. Ah! Mortals! Here to tell me about humanity! Look around you, man flesh! I was always this! But none of you wanted to see it! I never hid who I was! And you! You cheered me as I vanquished your enemies, as I showered you with gifts, as, as you marveled at the splendor of my power. And now that I'm here before you in my true form, you invert your gaze, you grimace, you hate, but know this, human. I was never more than a mirror for your people. I showed you who you are, what you want, what you believe, and your greed allowed it all to happen. Sellsword, finish it. Finish! <laughs> My glory will not be so easily diminished. I am the bazaar, and I... <laughs> I guess its glory was easy to diminish. Neck was a bit thick, though. A fitting end to such a creature, once worshipped by man, the blizzard will die alone and forgotten, rotting to death in a deep, dark cave. Amen. Okay. Ah, uh, the blizzard. Blizzard, guys. Uh, okay, you just the nail in the coffin. I don't like this one. Nobody likes this one. Makes me no one sad. likes this trend. Activision Blizzard has been sued over their frat boy culture and harassment. Um, how about I give the skinny on this one? Oh my gosh! Good this luck with the skinny. skinny. There's so many things that are happening though. Oh, we'll so get give into us those. The skinny of the story. I'll give the skinny of the main lawsuit. This is filed by okay. the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, the DFEH, after a two-year investigation of the studio. So they they've been looking at this for a while. Investigation found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment from the beginning. 
including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. Ooh, ooh, isn't that That's the best one, one when you have discrimination, harassment, and retaliation for the, the discrimination, harassment? Ooh, ooh. Oh. Women, this is horrifying. The fuck? Women make up 20% of the Amazon or of the of the Activision workforce. 20% pervasive they they also note a pervasive frat boy culture including these things called cube crawls which i'm sure peterson as an hr dude loves the concept of going to one dude's made my brain explode getting drunk and then crawling to the next dude's cube uh harassing any female or or any anyone frankly (laughs) that you see along the way but generally all of the women especially the women especially the women dude you've had a couple you've had a couple drinks i only add that caveat because there's a good chance between cubes there are no women (laughs) so Uh, you're going you your your route you have to make a zigzag to get to the one woman on the floor and she's already been harassed like 60 times because you guys are doing a because apparently there's a cube you know what this made me think of i'm sorry as a tangent the sick thing this made me think of is the dudes that are in the cubes with the booze. These are the dudes that don't want it. They're, they're the self-proclaimed cool dudes that go buy a bunch of booze, yeah. and they're like, hey, bro, come on to my cube. We're doing tequila, shooter, what's it? So the first rule of this is eat a cigarette butt and then <laughs> oh punch yourself God. in the fucking head. Like, I hate the whole concept of it, but the dudes that were the, running the drink cubes, I don't know why you guys... You guys fucking suck. Yeah. You're the ones that fucking suck. The rest like, of you also suck. Uh, and so let's see. The uh, agency is a different type of suck. Also alleges that male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibility to female employees. Kind of fucking hard when everyone's delegating their 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 work to 20% of the workforce. No wonder all their games suck. They're only being made by a fifth of the people. Yeah. And they're being it, routinely harassed and discriminated against. Yeah. All the fifth of the people what? who are who have the worst morale of anyone at the company because they're like, Imagine well, Sue the, doesn't really play video games. She's a girl. Let's just I'm going to play games and just hand it over to her. She'll get it done. Imagine the gall it takes to delegate all your work to somebody and then treat that person like shit. Dude, you are fucking gutter slime. While you, you play shit. video games. Fuck you. You're the shit that like people scrape off the bottom of their shoe on a curb. That's you. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate these people. One woman. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's Uh-oh. the creme de la fucking creme of this story. One woman had a lewd photograph, multiple lewd photographs of her passed around at a company holiday party. Uh, this can't even be like on an off work discord. These motherfuckers don't even have that level of respect. They're like, do it at work, man. Keep it in the family, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we harassed like just openly. No, I printed these off. Uh, yeah. Like I printed them on she the company was working printer so I could using print my off. company ID. I print, I plugged it in. And pass it around. Yeah, pass it around. To see. Uh, yeah. So then this woman oh. later goes on a company trip with her boss and commits suicide. Uh, because, this fucking asshole had been harassing her for God knows how long and brought sex toys along he with him on this trip. sex toys on the work trip. On a work trip. We got lewd photos at the company holiday party. You got sex toys on the on the work trip with your subordinates. Again, I shoe scraping on a fucking curb because I don't even want you on the bottom of my shoe, you sick turd. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm gonna have to get out the bleep button for this one. JD's pretty worked. Out. That'd be pretty that. funny. Just That'd be bleep. really funny. Just bleep anything, really, any random word, it'll come out. Uh, um, man, this is this is a nightmare, though. Really, this is. And here's the here's the thing. I guess you'll get into this a little bit, but this isn't like brand new. This isn't stuff that just started happening since Activision nope. took over. That's yeah. That's the sad thing is that this has been going on. For years and years, and uh, the people that will, I'll just go through the timeline, right? Okay, because that seems like the best way. So this this lawsuit drops. <clears throat> people are horrified, admittedly, understandably so. Blizzard is is known um, in the gaming industry as just like they they have these fanatics that are just they just Blizzard can do no wrong, and they they center their lives around Blizzard. There are whole websites communities things entire careers people's whole livelihood is based upon being a fan of this studio so yeah they have a lot to answer for mm-hmm. oh you mean like people that go to blizzcon every year yeah since it like started existing and there's people. a lot of those people yeah people At that have an been entire year making world of warcraft for a cosplay. decade yeah just like real real big fans and so the first thing we get out of activision blizzard is a response um from their, I guess their legal department after railing like six lines of meth. And then they decided to send this out. I'm just going to read. This is a passage. It's a bit long, but I yeah, want, don't, I want the whole to, thing, but no, I wanted yeah. to kind of get the, give you guys an impression of like how off this is. The DFEH included a distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation. But they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. They were required by law to adequately investigate and have a good faith discussion with us to better understand and to resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Instead, they rushed to file an inaccurate complaint, as we will demonstrate in court. We are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case and with no regard for her grieving family. While we find this behavior to be disgraceful and unprofessional, it is unfortunately an example of how they have conducted themselves throughout the course of their investigation. It is this type of irresponsible behavior from an unaccountable state bureaucrat that are driving away many of the state's best businesses out of California. I read that verbatim with all of the weird grammatical twists and turns. Turn reaction. Reaction, please. Uh, I, I, I Okay. This is like, I, 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 so I was talking about this with JD last night. I'm trying to reconcile this in my head. How this response from the legal team makes any sort of sense. How did it get out the door? You do, uh, you don't get accused of harassment after, and they're like, these guys are rushing this out. Guys, this is a two year uh, investigation they've been doing. That doesn't feel rushed out. But after no. a two-year investigation, they're like, are you kidding me? These guys rushed it out because they want our money. That's why they're doing this. They're doing this for money. Don't believe it. Fake news. This isn't real. You just wait. You just wait and see. All the stuff we're going to come out with and prove how this is false. And it's like tone deaf. It is unapologetic. I mean, yeah. and it's here's insane. the thing. 
I, you don't apologize unless it's, I mean, you apologize in a very general way. If people have felt this way, mm-hmm. that is sincerely never our intention. This is horrifying. We will do everything we can to make any concerns right. Right. You just come out and say that stuff. It's, it's all being, uh, it's all under review in a court case. So we can't say a lot, but you know, you do that sort of uh, corporate speak very, you know, very humble, but this was the opposite of that. This was aggressive, horrifically this was aggressive, unre- uh, unrepentant. Um, and so why this was so horrible for me, first of all, it's like I said, tone deaf, but also say the, uh, the court case. So the, this whole trial happens and, uh, they are found that they're, yeah, that these are, these are real issues. These are all true. Everything is substantiated. And they came out and made this statement, this specific statement. My goodness, that is that is horrifying. There's this 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 allows no room, no room to walk back. It is. They said so many things that just straight up did not need to be said. Like this shot at like, this is why businesses are leaving California. This that's the exact same language that apparently that they're using in the the Republicans are using in the recall of the the mm-hmm. California state governor. And that's like the that's so they're the, bar, like I'm like what where was where is that where is that fucking coming from? And yep. so then it gets better. Alan Brack, the current president of Blizzard Entertainment response. He releases a statement. And I'm not going to read it. It's garbage. It's just meaningless. It's the it's actually the the one that Peterson said you should have written. They should have written this one. This yeah. is crappy. It's tone deaf. But it doesn't really admit a lot of fault, and it's like, oh, we'll do better. They didn't. They didn't, it wasn't. However, no way. No way. Any of this happened. No, you guys are wrong, and you're idiots, yeah, right? They yeah, didn't it say was, that. It was. It was like, yeah. However, however, this motherfucker, Alan Brack, Alan Brack, Alan Brack, Alan Brack. This is this is a quote. Stepping back, when I talked with Bobby about taking this job. One of the first things I mentioned was a revered saint of the Brack household, Gloria Steinem. Hmm. Okay. For those who don't know, Gloria Steinem hmm. is a second wave <laughs> feminist writer. Um, she's a pretty famous feminist. She she wrote a lot of really mean. This Let me tell you how much of a feminist Gloria I am. Steinem is. He Googled her. You Google <laughs> famous on. feminist. She's the second one that comes up. And the idea that this guy, first of all, oh, Bobby Kojic, the CEO of Activision. Oh, I just call him Bobby. You not, you name drop fucking Bobby. I hate that fucking shit. When you say the CEO's first name and you disseminate that through the company, like everyone should just refer to him as his like deified first name, Bobby. You have the, you have the name of an eight year old bro, Bobby. Dude. Well, so, so first of all, he he addresses Bobby by his first name. And he's like, Bobby is like, Hey bro. Do you want to run Blizzard? You've been working there for like 20 years. You think you could take over the studio? And it was the first thing that our boy Alan Brack says. He's like, well, there's a second wave feminist, you know. And there's just, what? It's so like, it's so out. It's so just mind-bogglingly stupid. And yeah. so insane that this guy really fucking thought people would buy this. That it proves how out it shows just it's a perfect example of how out of touch these people are this with is the, the real world or the people at their own company that he thought they would buy this like a name drop of a random feminist 
This is the equivalent for me because none of this is you can't prove any of this, right? He could just no. say whatever he wanted. Yeah. I had a and conversation back one time where I said, "Yeah, it's like it's like none of this is." <laughs> Trent loves this Bobby me. shit. This is the equivalent <laughs> of like saying, "Oh, I can't be racist. I know a black guy. I went to high school with a black guy." Come and on. you're that's, like, "Dude, what? that's exactly the equivalent. It's not." I have yeah. a friend that is a black guy. It's like I know of a black guy. Yeah. I was. This is wild. <laughs> like that, we're just supposed to take this at face value. We don't. Uh, and then, you need to start proving to us anything that you're saying. Because he's like, I have been a proponent. I hate bro years. culture. I have Isn't fought it. Brack, my whole the same life. guy that made the cell phone comment. I thought he was the one that did the whole. Anyway. No, it wasn't Brack. But I, I actually want to play a clip. Same right town, now. though. I want to play. Peterson's going to play a yes. clip right now. Um, of who Alan Brack really is. Okay, real quick, I want to introduce this though. This is a at BlizzCon. Um, uh, a woman. They're doing a Q and A. There's a panel of. It's a general World of Warcraft Q and A. Yes, and there's a panel up at, up top. It's uh, what like four or five guys, four or five it's... guys, one, two, three, six white guys up on the stage in the panel. And here's the clip. We'll play it for you. Hi there, uh, Zant here from Kieran Tor. Um, I love what you guys done with Little Crest. I love the fact that you have a lot of very strong female characters. However, I was wondering if we could have some that don't look like they've stepped out of the Victoria's Secrets catalog. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, wait. Which catalog would you like them to step out of? Could, could you could you see Sylvanas looking any other way? Right. So we we feel you, and uh, we want to vary our female characters absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll pick different catalogs. Hey, uh, Alex, what? Uh... What catalog is that uh, torn female coming out of? <laughs> not, not one you'd read. Yeah. <laughs> sexy, sexy cow business. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Some sort of agricultural. <laughs> so there is so much to unpack from this. I oh do want to just highlight that last voice you heard. Uh, the, the, the one that was asking, that was goading the asshole on, that was like, hey, what, what, what? What, what that sexy Terran catalog? That is Alan Brack, folks. Yeah. The guy goading on this shithead. He oh. has fought bro culture his whole career, and he hates it. But he's at BlizzCon for the cheers of all these bros. Uh, really like, oh, you thought she was over the top? Just you wait until you see what I've got. And all the guys cheer. Who we... Yeah, and and dude, here's here's the thing, is that the last the the voice the asshole that you heard, Alex Prasiabi, that guy that he was goading on, that dude is one of the prime people named in this lawsuit. Mm. So you're telling me, this Gloria Steinem worshiping radical feminist dude, <laughs> who has always been a, a, a an opponent of bro culture and a proponent of women everywhere. Uh, in 2010 was just casually goading on 
the dude that was named in this literally named in this lawsuit and he was like oh no that in an extremely public forum so public and the other thing <laughs> the one thing i do want to highlight that just made my stomach turn was after she asked that question you heard the there was cheers and you there's three different things you can rewind it and listen to this there's a the distinct sound change there are the women that are cha- cheering immediately cuz they know what she said heard what she said and then there are the and dudes the that are that are that are cheering slightly slightly delayed because she said Victoria's secret and they're just brain dead and, and then they the cheered booze. that and then all the monkey brains started to catch up and then everyone just fucking boos like a mob like a Dude. freaking mob. If you watch the Weird. video, and we should try to link it, the 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 woman who asked the question is like visibly uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Yes. It's... And she rolls her eyes at the joke at the end, and I'm like, hell yeah, sister. That joke fucking sucked. Yeah, she was. This was not a. But the bar moment. is so low because these guys cheered the words Victoria's Secret. Yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, so. I've got a couple more responses. We'll blow through these really quickly. Um, Activision's token, the highest ranking uh, female at the company, this woman named Fran, Fran Townsend, whose name is the chief compliance officer. And she wrote to, to tell everyone how stupid they were for believing this, how wrong the report was, and that she had never, ever in all her time at Blizzard ever experienced anything like this in her senior C-suite level role had never experienced discrimination or harassment. Don't believe this. Ever since she joined in March of 2021. What? So she's been a CCO for four months and has never been discriminated against. That's a long time. That's fucking crazy. But you know what? (laughs) Fran Townsend seems like a really good judge of character because hmm, what was she most recently doing? Was it working for the Bush administration as the public face of their torture thing? The enhanced interrogation. That's her line. This is the woman that literally walked into Abu Ghraib in Iraq and walked out, walked through it all and walked out and was like, A plus, boys. So clearly... We really shouldn't be categorizing her as the highest ranking woman at at Blizzard or Activision because I think you have to be a human to qualify as a woman. Yeah. So she's good. That's who's telling you all is well at Blizzard. Let's listen to Fran Townsend finally and Trent, I know you were you were just on this one Mike Morheim mm. has responded. The the former CEO. His felt genuine to me. Yeah, it did. It did. And it was. And it was the only decent response in the batch. And the unfortunately only response I would expect to hear. Like, yes, this was the one this that is I would the, what everyone should have said. Start. Fran Townsend should have kept her fucking lizard tongue between behind her fangs. Uh, but yeah, Morheim was, he was really ap- apologetic. There were some responses and obviously, I mean, the guy was there for 25 years. Like there's no earthly years. way he wasn't aware of all of this going on, um, which is kind of a, kind of a thing we're going to be probably dealing with and reckoning with, because that's the thing. That's what we have to accept now is that all of the best Blizzard games, all the stuff we loved and knew about Blizzard the things, the horrifying things that were going on behind the scenes did not just start in 2018 with Me Too. Yeah. No. 
no, no, no. yeah, didn't it didn't just start this? You don't develop a culture like that in uh, one or two years. This is there's a build up to this. Uh, the people that are so high up, right, are involved and uh, complicit. And so, yeah, this this has in some form existed for a long time. Okay, so that's all something. And then, of course, Blizzard cannot lay off the gas. Guys, we are really convinced that there are three studios, maybe four, that legitimately have heard about the Blur Studio Blursty. And like, I don't know they're why. They're really going for it. They are gunning for it. I feel like it, it's an award that they feel like the bar is low enough for them to get. They're like, we could actually get a Blursty, guys. We just have to dive down into yeah. the darkness. Like, Don't we're not try to surface the games. We're not going to all get... the ballast. We're yeah. going fucking down. We're going, down. we're going to go get ourselves that Blursty. We're winning some challenge here, deep. guys. That's where they keep the Blursties. So, um, <laughs> Blizzard... Apparently botched the, botched the Warcraft 3 remake after internal fights and pressure over costs. Um, Warcraft 3, you guys, this game came out in the early 2000s. People loved it, played it for 20 years. Blizzard finally got around to remaking it. Uh, and this is just the skinny on that. They never actually got the budget they wanted from Activision because it wasn't going to make them a billion dollars. So Activision wasn't interested in a Warcraft 3 remake. But that didn't stop them from selling a Warcraft 3 remake that would require that budget that just got re rejected. Uh, so they're just like, yeah, this is what we're making. And they knew they could not make that thing. Um, they just they just plowed ahead, released uh, uh, a completely premature uh, version of Warcraft 3 because they did not want to lose the pre-orders. They thought if they waited too long, people would refund their pre-orders. yeah. And then they uh, wouldn't have to issue refunds. They did not want to issue refunds. Uh, Dave Fried, Fried, a designer on the original Warcraft 3, said that it was quite telling that Morheim uh, had resigned just weeks before Warcraft 3 Reforged was presented uh, in November 2018 at BlizzCon. He couldn't so do it. this guy who worked on Warcraft 3 was like, oh, yeah, War I bet Warheim quit because he was ashamed of that. He shit. was just didn't embarrassed. Be, he didn't want to be associated with it. Yeah. Uh, so because that's it was it was worse than the original game. We've already gone over this. It, yeah, it was worse than what they, they, they had. stripped out features from the original game and then disabled the original game. So people that had been playing it all along, even those that didn't want the remake, were forced into this worse game that didn't have basic features like a ladder in the multiplayer uh, so this ultimately, I wanted to bring up a big point from this. Here's the thing. If the fans start to hate Blizzard, which it seems like they're doing en masse. I mean, we talked about just the more in-game things last week or a week, couple weeks ago with the World of Warcraft storyline being such a disappointment. But is Blizzard just stop? It's going to just stop being a draw for fans. That, that was the biggest thing was blizzard used to have an endless talent pool to draw from of very fanatical people that loved the company and the games mm -hmm. that's kind of their magic yeah and you know all the people that have already left long ago so what happens to this studio they can't recruit they've lost all the people that made it what it was all the people that made it what it was turned out to be a bunch of fucking scumbags that then just like filtered out through the rest of the game industry so good luck to everyone <laughs> else that's touched by those former blizzard employees what what are they where do they go from here? What does Blizzard go from here? I think their their only 
I don't even know. I don't know. Part of me is like, nope, they're dead. Like, this isn't going to work. All they have to do is release one more game that's not good or cancel one more game, and mm -hmm. they're done. I think Diablo 4 is going to be the, the make or break. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Diablo 4 is where it, it's, I think they're going to have to hang their whole reputation. And look, based on the pre Diablo 3's launch, eh, you know, it has to be a thousand times better than that. They have to do better, be better. Uh, and I don't think it's going to. I think they're going to feel the pressure from Activision. Yeah. Uh, I think the pressure is going to, they're going to crumble under. They don't just have pressure to make and release a hit title. They also have pressures from the inside with all this harassment stuff happening. It's no longer a top studio to work for. Yeah. Uh, we had friends who wanted to work there. Stephen Crow, who we have I, loved I for applied years. for jobs. He wanted there. to work there. Danny has wanted to work there. Neither of them are interested in working at that company any longer. And that's very telling. And so I think the pressure that's mounted over years and not releasing games, I'll say the one thing Ubisoft has going for them they, those games keep coming out is at least they're making money and releasing new content blizzard's not even if you're not if you're not releasing video games are you a video game studio or are you no. just a sexual harassment studio at this <laughs> yes. point there's, you know, there's that's patches the only for product. wow <laughs> they are a sexual harassment studio a sexual that releases and a wow add-on studio that is blizzard even though the first the first patch of this expansion took like nine months so not even really that yeah, they're spending a lot more time on the sexual harassment. Well, Trent, to be fair, that patch was made by <laughs> one fifth priorities. of the staff. Yeah, Good job, guy. Baked into the fucking the schedule, the calendar. <laughs> Scumbags. More lawsuit. We've got that baked into 2021. That's a pretty big deal for us. Uh, do we have anything releasing? They're like, what about the uh, patches that we promised 18 months ago for Warcraft 3 Reforged? And then they all laugh. They're and not then, gonna... they, they, then, then they go on to like the company database to see who was last working on those patches. And they're like, oh, that was Edmonds. Yeah, they fucking fired him, man. Cause He's the, gone. Because of the oh, thing, you remember? Well, and they're like, uh, oh, whatever. well, who did, who did, who, who, who was supposed to pick up Edmonds' work? They're like, well, Jeffries. And, you know, Jeffries <laughs> well, was the. And then the honka, HR honka, leans over know? and like whispers in their ear. You can't say that. Don't Jeffries. say anything. Don't bring up Jeffries. Yeah, you can't say that. They're like, oh, so uh, you know what? Let's move on to the next agenda item. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this offline. <laughs> eh, let's take this offline. So, uh, best of luck to Blizzard. Boy, here's those two ales. That'll be ten shillings. Or I can save you those shillings, and you can do me a favor instead. <laughs> Most favors cost a lot more than ten shillings. Ain't got much, just a barkeep. But I can give you a room and a meal for the night. Looks like you two could use it. I tire of these games. Speak your mind, peasant, or let us be rid of you. Oh, oh sure, sure. It's just this, then. Last month, everyone in town put their scraps together, got ourselves a genuine 3090. The real deal. Then... Two weeks go by, and something that goes bump in the night breaks into the tower, snatches our 3090, and makes like the wind. Found what was left of the poor thing in the woods a week later. Melted. Melted, you say? Bah, impossible. 
So what we said. And we was looking at it with our own eyes. So what went bump in the night? Ain't much of a beast. But 3090s ain't built for that type of thing. Just one of those run-of-the-mill Amazon monsters. Thing this one calls itself a new old or something. Blasted things holed up behind the old barn just out back. Shouldn't be any trouble for uh, two monster slayers like yourselves. I'll have your food hot for when you get back. And another ale. Alright, any wee beasties in this barn, show yourselves. Very subtle. Oh god, look at that pathetic little thing. Kill it quickly, put it out of its misery. <laughs> A new world, eh? Looked as if it was begging me to kill it. You really think something like this could melt a 3090? Not sure. It didn't try to melt us. Silly little new world didn't do much of anything, really. Well, it is an Amazon monster. Then what did melt that 3090? <laughs> now why'd you have to go and keep asking questions, priest? Why couldn't you have just slayed the monster Taken the room and the meal, and been on your right way. What are you doing here, Barkeep? Barkeep, you can call me Evga, and I'm just a businessman, looking to offload some poorly made 3090s to the fine, innocent folk of this town. And now that you've slayed the beast everyone believes is responsible, I'm free to continue selling all the 3090s I want. That is, unless a troublesome priest and his lackey feel the need to blab about my plans to the nearest person- Why'd you cut his head off? Evgo wasn't a monster. <laughs> Are you sure? Selling bad 3090s seems fairly monstrous. And either way, he called me a lackey. I'm not a lackey. And I'm certainly not your lackey. So, you think that he made our supper before he came out here? This last one here, uh, this story, uh, Amazon's new MMO is bricking 3090s. You guys know the graphics card, the most really hard to get computer get. part in the whole world to get your hands on. The 3090 is the rarest version of that card. Uh, and then this new MMO from Amazon's studio, uh, Amazon Game Studios, uh, is called New World. And it apparently people that have been playing games as shitty as Cyberpunk for months and months and months turn on new world boot it up don't even get to the loading screen and their card just goes <laughs> please don't and then it, it melts. literally pops and then fizzles like every time <laughs> you've ever built a computer and you look at it and you're like that is the the one noise that i don't want to hear is a pop <laughs> it fucking just like explodes these cards like melts these cards yeah uh um, so it, go ahead well, just correct me if I'm wrong, Trent, you probably know more about this than me. From what I understand is that New World allows for uncapped frame rates. That is like 
if the game detects that your card can run it at 60 frames per second, that means every second of whatever you're looking at, there are 60 different frames that render all all in that one second. Um, and yeah, but if, I mean, that, keep going. No, no, go ahead. I mean, that's 60 frames per second. That's pretty average, right? Like, that's what yeah. most people are shooting for with games because there's yeah. like a certain speed that you can't really detect anyway. With a human eye, beyond, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Like, most, I think Warcraft has uncapped frame rates as far as I'm aware. But yeah. So I think the difference here is that these aren't rendered efficiently because it's a newer game. Okay. So it's thinking like, oh, yeah, we'll just take this, uh, crank this up to 100 frames per second and just melt uh, it. Yeah, we'll just melt it and the cards. But hey, this is a twist. This yep, story's there's a, twist a little twisty twist for the first time ever. Amazon is not to blame, folks. Like it's this is a coding issue, but this this coding issue should not be a real problem. This should not be allowed to happen. Um, the the cards, these cards just scare the shit out of us. At least me and Peterson. They run so hot. They're like designed. Yeah. They are designed to run at 80 degrees centigrade. Like you That's can feel hot, the folks. heat coming off your it's computer. It's like 200 degrees just right next to you blowing. Uh, in a, You're like, that. that's a computer part. I think they should probably be like, I don't know, 20 centigrade max. Like, <laughs> what is that? So they're already doing this because they're trying to get the most out of the card and the the card manufacturer has determined that is safe and they have also installed limiters that prevent the card from melting itself well, like yeah if it starts getting too much your card should just shut off be like well, nope Done. not gonna let you d- kill me like this yep and then it bails but that's the what's fan- supposed to happen yeah it'll stop working the fans will just spin it'll cool itself down you'll be good uh the biggest problem to me is that these are like these are the if you are if you didn't get if you got one of these scalped you're this is like a this is like a car down payment on a car it's like three thousand dollars yeah you're you're like two to three thousand dollars on this card this is this card is crazy expensive and the idea that EVGA is making their most expensive card they're replacing these they're replacing all of them so good on EVGA they're not a monster or a criminal um but man and they are replacing them which makes me be like wait. Where'd you guys get those replacements, huh? Hey, we are just saying they're huh? replacing them, but you'll really get your card like 2023 Three months. Yeah, they're replacing them like Nintendo will replace your Switch controllers. <laughs> yeah, they shipped yeah, out. You'll get a new Joy-Con. What they're my? I, I wouldn't be surprised if because they said, "Oh, we've already started shipping them to customers. They're shipping like one a week." Yeah, like just so they so can, they say, can it. say, "Yeah, no, we started. We shipping already sent them. one." Yeah, Look, no, we're shipping them. Look, for here's sure. the tracking number. One tracking number? Yeah, what do you expect? Come on. Yeah, how many tracking numbers do you want? Yeah, the pandemic on. Come on, give us a break. Come on. <laughs> oh so this is, dude. Okay, so I will say, I will say, we do crap on Amazon Studios. It's really easy. We, do, we have <laughs> crapped on New World because they've made that really Because easy. they made themselves a toilet. That's yeah. why. It's but, like they want to be crapped on. But, but, but. Let me. Uh, there's a big, big pup, crappy big butt here for this toilet. Uh, honestly, reports of the game so far have been mostly positive. Like people I've heard pretty playing good things, it, yeah. have yeah. in have been enjoying it, and so, and look, I, I, you know that take that with a grain of salt. This is this is you know beta version. They're playing through this. Every game like these games as a service games. I would argue is pretty good at the beginning. 
And then you get to the end game and there's nothing there. And that's the killer right there. That's the killer. That was what killed so many games, right? Division had that issue. Anthem, I mean, it had other issues, but it seriously had that issue. There's nothing at the end. Yeah, there's nothing at the end. Destiny always struggles with this. Yep, Destiny. And then Destiny is always great two years later when they've released so much to do, but... So, yeah, we'll see. But reports so far have been positive. There's been some funny issues and some incidents, of course, like any beta. But uh, we'll see. You know, I've I've look, I want for for the podcast sake. I love when Amazon is failing. But as a gamer, <laughs> easy. Content. I want Amazon to succeed in this because uh, if they could make another new game, I'm not going to complain about that. That's good. Right it's a good game i won't complain but we'll see uh i'll reserve judgment for when they actually release the game and if they could release the lost ark beta that was supposed to come in july that would be cool too (laughs) oh come on uh you're asking a little too much don't hold your breath on that one (laughs) okay let's uh let's move on kudos 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 all right Kudos is our positivity segment where we like to give a shout out to something we're into. Uh, this week, I have something dope that I watched on HBO. Uh, it's streaming. It's called 100 Foot Wave. 100 Foot Wave. 100 Foot Wave. I don't know about you guys, but I have long had a love for surf documentaries. I just think they're so cool. I think surfers are the most batshit crazy people and you just find the strangest, most driven human beings in the world in the surf community. Don't know why. Maybe it's because the ocean is the scariest motherfucking thing on the whole planet. And these guys the are ocean. like, the yeah, it's so terrifying. Scary. If the oh, ocean yeah. doesn't scare you, you haven't been in the ocean. And these guys are like, just watch oh. a couple documentaries. I'll send you a couple. Uh-huh. You'll be terrified. By the yeah. End. <laughs> and they're like, I'll just take this board and <laughs> conquer the top of the ocean. And I'm uh. like. No, you won't. And they're like, watch this. I'm going to go find a 100 foot wave off the coast of Portugal because there's this weird break and it's so dangerous and terrifying that you have to you have to tow in. You literally cannot paddle into these waves. Um, you can't paddle out. You'll just die. Like if you lose your your board for one sec, like you just you'll just drown. And this guy's yeah. like, I'm going to go surf the shit out of that because I want to be up on a 100 foot wave, which no one surfed before. Um, this is the guy that pioneered toe and surfing. If you didn't know, since like the early two thousands, surfing has started to hit bigger and bigger waves because they started using jet skis yeah. to go back behind wave breaks and to get on bigger waves because they had a lot more speed than you can get paddling. Um, and this guy's invented that this guy was like, just like, let's just fucking do it. He lives in Hawaii and he's like, just grab a ski dude and let's just go. You know, ski do me on that sixty foot wave, bro. These guys are nuts. I was gonna say, where is where is this like North Shore in Hawaii? Yeah, that's where he was. That's where he lives, and that's where he was like catching that wave. But this hundred foot wave is off the coast of Portugal, um, and he's like big. It's just I mean, he's a big wave surfer, and those are. If you ever seen Point Break? There's like a whole scene where they it's talk the best about documentary how insane big wave surfers are, and now they're nuts, and that like bears bears out like that's absolutely the case um this is a docu-series this is just the first one i've only seen the first one you guys like surf documentaries uh if you like documentaries at all if you like stories about uh very driven passionate people uh 
who will just risk their life to do insane shit, this is worth watching. Uh, it's on HBO. It's called 100 Foot Wave. 100 Foot Wave. All right. Do you guys have any kudos or do you want to move on? Uh, we did have, JD, we did have one kudos uh, come in from a listener through our voicemail. Oh, so yeah. this comes from listener James. And James, we apologize. He actually sent this a week ago when we meant to put it in last week's episode. And, well, you know. Space it. Yes. Look, sometimes sometimes we can't remember stuff. Most so, times we can't remember stuff. Yeah. This is Give not the break. first time. So, but we got you, James. James left us a wonderful uh, voicemail about um, a YouTube channel. So listen here. Hi, you guys. My name is James. I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time at work. I got to tell you about something I just stumbled upon. I'm on YouTube, and um, there's this video from the channel G-Man Lives, and he's talking about um, a game, Early Access, called Subverse, and it's a review. I thought you guys might get a kick out of this. I know you guys talk about Randy Pitchford all the time. Well, this game and the developers parried Randy Pitchford with one of the characters naming him some alien creature, Sandy Glitchford, and they make a reference to the USB thumb drive. And I know you guys bring that up from time to time. And I seen this, and I was just like, I got to tell you guys about it. Well, I'm just curious about your thoughts on it. I uh, hope to hear this on the show. Love your show. Always listen no matter what. And later. Uh, this game looks interesting. <laughs> Sandy Glitchford sounds gross. Dude, Sandy Glitchford is gross. I guarantee it. Based on some of the content in this game, which does take on a little bit of a sexual tone. Yeah, it's a sex game. It's jokey. Jokey, jokey. It's sex a jokey game. sex game. And let me tell you, when the jokey sex games are dunking on you, <laughs> you have failed. Your, your career's life. in a good spot. Yeah, Randy Pitchford, you are getting dunked on by these dudes. Dude, like, awesome. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> thanks, James, for leaving that. Uh, well, seriously, please. Fred Durst, Randy Pitchford, you guys know what gets us out of bed in the morning. So you find these things in the wild. Please hit us up. Love to see Sandy Glitchford trolls. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's do a little bit of first impression rose. Oh my god, the first impression rose. Alright guys, so this week I have to make a really big choice. Um, you know, this 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 two-on-one that I had, I played two games for just a little a little bit. I had a date with two games, um, and I got to know them really well. Uh, the two games were Blood Roots and Blasphemous. And unfortunately, I only have one rose to give out tonight. Um, you know, Blood Roots, I, I only played the first act of this game. It was, it, it is a challenging, it's one of those one hit games where if you get hit once, you die immediately. And the cutscenes, or I'm sorry, the checkpoints are generally fairly forgiving in that way. But it's, and it's really cool because you can kill people with anything. So you're just like, it's kind of a Western feel and you can just like grab uh, like a wheel, a wagon wheel and like throw it at someone and explode their head and then just grab a ladder and spin it over your head and just smash them up. And you're just doing all these random things. 
um, and just killing people. It is really fun um, on these main levels, but this is the big but. Uh, there, I got through the first act and I got to the last, the boss level. And the boss is where this game totally lost me. Uh, oh. It is um, very difficult. It's a very timing-oriented thing. This is the same challenge I ran into with Battletoads. And if you die once during this boss fight, which is just like this big long run of just like kill this guy, kill this guy perfectly, jump on this thing, jump over this box, kill this guy, jump on that, watch out for these spikes, oop, watch out for this fire, do this. Like you have to do everything picture perfect to get, I didn't get to the boss. Like I knew that would be a challenge in and of itself. And I didn't get to him. And I had dropped probably 15 minutes in this. And I was like, I'm not having fun. And Mm, the thing that really killed it for me was realizing this is the first boss. And I'll go into the next set of levels if I beat this guy and have a lot of fun with them. And then I get another boss. These things are not fun. This is not like a fun thing. I don't know. I I don't want to disparage people that like this type of stuff, but just grinding and grinding and grinding. Like, I'm just like, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. So Blasphemous. So I turned on Blasphemous. And um, I only played the demo of this. But this is a Metroidvania. And it had a very sharp, very steep initial learning curve. Uh, but then it kind of turned out not so hard. This is a it has a very gothic art style uh, calling this church punk. What about goth punk? I don't know. It, it's just like that overwhelming kind of Dante's Inferno type of feel. Yeah, it's really grim and gory and disgusting. <laughs> like one of the character models for one of the bad guys is this tortured soul looking human that's like broken legs and all dragging itself along. And it has this gigantic winged angel statue that's like a nine foot statue and this is like a normal human and they're dragging this on their shoulder and then they try to hit you with this huge statue like they swing it overhead that kind of sums up like what you're looking at like just tortured souls you're cutting their heads off people hanging on all sorts of crosses and whatnot it's called blasphemous and they fucking lean into it. Like they leave it, lean into the blasphemy. Yeah, like I would say generally evangelicals will not go for this game. Um, if you just are a fan of Christianity at all, probably not. The gameplay is really tight. It's really enjoyable um, for a Metroidvania. That's really important because you're running back and forth over these areas and the enemies respawn every time you leave the area. That's a token of Metroidvania's. And so if you can't really run through, if you're if you're you have to stop and fight them every time. And if it's hard, it's painful, you know, right away. But this game didn't feel that way. I died four times in the same spot. It's got the same Hollow Knight type of mechanic where you have to go back and get your body with all your loot. And then and but if you don't get to your body, then wherever you die on your way is your new body. And then you lose all your loot. Well, I went back to recover my body four times in the exact same spot. And never once did I get like, oh, my God, I'm so annoyed because it's fun. And it's the, the gameplay is tight. Uh, I don't know. I will be probably going back to it. Uh, it's on my wish list now that I've played the demo. But my first impression, Rose, has to go to Blasphemous. Hey, dude. You know what a rundown is? Use it in a sentence. Uh, can you get this rundown for me? Try another sentence. This rundown better be really good. I don't know. But it sounds like the rundown is really important. Do the rundown. Do the rundown. All right. I've got a rundown of a game that I played. A game I played all the way through. So I played it from start to finish. Wait. What? 
Yeah. You didn't tell me this. Yeah, I finished it. I played the all the game. way through. All the way through. Played the whole game. This is rare, but I will say it's because it's a very short game. You put a notch on your computer cabinet. <clears throat> yeah, I did. <laughs> With the other two notches you've earned in your life, <laughs> it's more than mine. <laughs> yeah, one is Doki Doki. No, Dred, you beat Mario RPG. I like started time. to scratch it out, and I was like, "Oh, there's one more boss. Never mind." Yeah. I quit. So I played a game called Buddy Simulator 1984. This was a random pickup. I saw it. I was sitting there, opened up Steam, and I saw this. It popped up like right at my recommended or featured, you know. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Clicked on it. Had great reviews. Uh, It was only like, it was even on sale, I think. So it was, I bought it for like eight bucks or six bucks or something like that. So I was Dang. like, I'll play it. Yeah, it's normally 10. I think I bought it for like six seven, bucks. eight. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to buy it. Oh, man, what? This game, this game, <laughs> this, I would say. So first I'll say this game is along the lines of uh, Doki Doki, which is kind of what why I had that on my head, on my mind. Um, it is an experience that you go through one time and. I'll review it and do my best to not spoil because again, it is kind of that experience, but what the theme of this game is you open up a game right? and on your, it's kind of like inception of games. So you, me, Peterson, I boot up this game on my computer and my computer is now acting like an old computer. I'm now playing a game from 1984 and it's like, Hi, I'm your buddy, and let's play games together. First, like, what's your name? And I, you know, I say, oh, my name is, I, so you, you say your name, then it says, what do you want to call me? And then I named, I named mine JD. Perfect. He I'm would your be buddy. My buddy. I knew he was going to turn out evil too or something. So I was yeah. like, oh, we got to make this JD. Very fitting, right? Um, And then, uh, and so it asks you all these questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite animal, right? And then you start off and it's like it starts off as like an MS DOS program. That's how you have to do it. You have to you have to type in run buddy simulator. Oh, my God. And then that's how you start the game up. There's like no mouse. And so you do that. And then it's the first part of the game is like a it's a text adventure like Zork. So you're just like, want to play a game? Sure. And then it has like three games that you play like you know, uh, tic-tac-toe, but you paper, rock, scissors and uh, guess the number. Like they're really lame, but you play through them. And once you've played each of them once, because you're now t- you realize the computer quote unquote that you're talking to is like an AI. Oh, okay. Cause then it's like, well, these games are kind of boring. I can tell you're not having a lot of fun. The game really leans into wanting to be your best friend. You, creepy. You, yeah. And so it gets a little creepy. You don't really like this. Do you? Well, how about I bet I can find a new game and then it's saying, do you trust me? And you're like, yes or no. You put in and you put in yes or no. And it kind of does a different dialogue for each one. Yeah. So I put in no at first and it was like, oh, that hurts my feelings. Well, I'm going to. And then it is like, well, I'm going to need some time alone. And it logged me off and I was out of the game in Steam. Like <laughs> it shut my game down. And I was like, uh, OK. So then I go back into it. I'm like, yes, I trust you. And then it's like, just type this in. Like you're giving it access to the game files. Yeah. Like I'm going to make an adventure for you. Just give me a night. 
you're like, okay. And then it logs you off again. So you boot it back up and it's like, I made this game type in run adventure for Johnny. Cause that's what I told him my name was and run adventure for Johnny. And so I have to type that in and that's how I start the game now every time. And then you're playing, that's when you're playing this text adventure where you're typing like, look at doorway. And Dude. then what, and then you log off. And then when you log back in, it has like a, like a nice closing point and the game is starting to evolve itself. Then it becomes like a 2d world. And then it becomes a 3D world. And you're doing this, like, adventure game. It's like a point-and-click adventure where you're going around solving uh, puzzles. And But every now and then something really creepy will happen. I'll just say experimenting in the game is worth it. Like when the game is like, hey, just head north. That's where we'll go next. And you go head south. south. Uh, your buddy, JD, does not like that. And it will start freaking out. And it, uh, j- like, this isn't really a spoiler. The screen will start to flicker. And it's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my guy, my character avatar, who is a ghost, it's like a, it just looks like a, like a Halloween costume ghost, right? With the sheet over you with the two holes. Uh, my, uh, my character is uh, in this house with like this gigantic, skinny, creepy looking dude with his head down, tapping his foot. And he's mumbling like, Nobody likes me. No one's ever going to be my friend. How, why did I ever think this could work? And it's not talking to you. It's just like saying stuff. And you're like, what? Anyway, so the game kind of does that. But then it comes back and it's like, what was that? Oh, man. That was weird. And, uh, And so it goes through and it tries to be all happy. And so you finish the game. You finish the adventure. You finish the game. A couple other like creepy. It's not scary. It's just like creepy unsettling. Types of stu- yeah unsettling is a good word types of stuff happens uh i w- my my biggest my biggest nit is that sometimes the adventure because you know something else it wasn't about the adventure game that you're playing right but sometimes that felt a little long it's like okay you know i'm doing this adventure game like i feel like i have to do it all because you have to uh, but like, all right, come on, let's end this. I want to just get on to like the, what's the point of what's happening in this game. Yeah. Um, and so that's my biggest nit. But again, it was only like five hours or something. So it wasn't that long, but after hour three, you're like, come on, let's just move on. Get on with it. Um, but it is clever. The f- combat system is clever. It's based on like, it's a turn-based combat like final fantasy type of thing but to do your moves to land a move it'll pop up a letter and you have to like hit that letter on your keyboard it'll be like uh why and you have to hit it in time and the faster you do it the more damage it does and that's how you block too and so like it's very active in terms of the combat uh of course it's very forgiving if you die it's like oh what that wasn't supposed to happen you're not supposed to die let's let's bring you back and uh And so then you get through the game and you finish it. And all I'll say is I finished it and I sat there and was like, huh. And then I remembered there were files that I found in the game that you're not supposed to like have access to or find. Oh my God. But you kept finding them throughout the game. So then you're like, what happened to those? Where are they? So you find those. And once you start reading those, then you realize what this game actually was. And it was, it's it's deep it's sad 
it's not i wouldn't say disturbing maybe like on a scale of one to ten it's like a three in terms of disturbing not like doki doki which was very disturbing yeah this was more like sad and you would think and you sit there and think about it and then you're going through the whole game in your head and you're like oh my gosh like it definitely made everything have like a deeper meaning uh wow so i won't say any more dang besides a good review you got to put this on your wish list Definitely check it out and play it. The game was very interesting. I enjoyed it. It was fast to play. Uh, so it's called Buddy Simulator 1984, different than other games that I've played. So, Peterson, uh, what yeah. food is this? If Buddy Simulator 1984 was a food, oh gosh, I just thought of a good one, but it would spoil it too much. Really? Which, which seems weird. Uh, Buddy really? Simulator 1984's food, it would be Jello, and here's why: Jello has been around for a long time. Uh, it's all sorts of iterations, right? Through the 80s, it was it was Jello salads and Jello. Uh, in Gotta molds. put those shredded carrots in your Jello. So, yeah, like weird mishmashes. And then it evolved into the 90s. It got more colorful, and it became Jello Jigglers. Uh, and then, you know, in the, in the two thousands, it, it jello really is what it, it became what it really is, is just, uh, gelatin in Kool-Aid. And so it's in like little cups and little kids eat those. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, and then I guess if you play the game, you can understand one of the other versions of jello and it will make sense. So, uh, this is jello wow what a tease that if you was. play the game you'll know you'll oh be like oh God. yeah it is jello. gotta go out there and holy buy crap so play buddy simulator jello. 1984 this seems like a game a few of our listeners would be really into all right let's move on to dice destiny Okay, Dice of Destiny is this dope game we play at the end of every episode. We roll a six-sided dice to see who will be rolling the Dice of Destiny, which is a 20-sided dice that has 20 different game genres assigned to it. That person then rolls a six-sided dice to see how much they can spend. Then they find a game for that price in that genre, pick it, play it, review it. Uh, Last week, I rolled a $30 mystery game, and I picked a game called Unforeseen Incidents. So Unforeseen Incidents is a, uh, I think it's a just a tra- traditional interactive mystery. So it's kind of like a point and click, not point and click, like you're moving around like left to right. But why this game jumped out to me is the art style. It's like hand painted. Yeah, and the characters different. Yeah, it looks like kind of that that newish art style that kind of caught on with. Um, what was that? Bob's Burgers. Just oh, like kind of where it looks it's like kind of like that, but like more drawn than yeah, that. It's very like the concept drawn. art of that. <laughs> it looks like kind of notebook doodles. Yeah. Like a, like a kid That's that a draws good. notebook doodles and you're like, I'm not sure if he's a really good artist, but I love his doodles. Like, these are pretty cool, but they're pretty cool. Um, It just looks wild. The character, the cast looks the, the game looks very fun. Like they, they don't take it too seriously, but also, you know, it's a good mystery. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. It has it's really positive reviews. Um, people seem to like it, and it's it's hard. I've done a lot of the mysteries, the big ones. Peterson and I were going through. Like we've played a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, 
it's kind of a little tapped out genre now for Dice of Destiny. So um, I'm going deep and I hope this is good. It's called Unforeseen Incidents. If you're interested in playing along with me, it is currently on sale on Steam um, for 33% off and it's 14 bucks right now. Nice. So check that out. All right. Guys, that uh, wraps it us, wraps it us, wraps it us, wraps it us. I'm JD. Uh, no, we're going to play some music from that game I was playing. I'm losing it, man. It was a long fucking night. Guys, wrap it right us. You heard all those radio plays. We did those all tonight. And, yep. and Peterson is going to go edit those. And it's 11 p.m. So give us a big old break. Uh, we're playing some yeah, music. Back from off. Give us a break. I'm JD. Give me a break. I'm Peterson going AFK. And also give Trent a break because he is computer disconnected. Trent's computer just fucking died. He's gone. So give him a break for sure. You know what? Give us a break, guys. Give us all a break, man. Gosh, go easy on us, guys. Sheesh. Hey, guys. Peterson Productions. Oh, yeah. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Joel Graves here, back doing another podcast interview for Gamers Unlimited. I'm joined by Christy Brown, who does a lot of Extra Life. Um, how are you doing, Christy? I'm doing well today. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing Extra Life seems like forever. Uh, I don't think I've actually interviewed anyone, or I don't think anyone at State Champs has really interviewed anyone about Extra Life. I think it's super important. Uh, I think I started back in my sophomore year of college with uh, Theta Tall, which is uh, the professional engineering fraternity we were doing. We were doing it for uh, an event. I'm I'm really excited to get into a conversation and really talk about it, you know, in detail with you. So before we get into that, I want to talk about a little bit of background information on yourself. So, you know, who is Kirsty Brown? Yeah, for sure. Let's let's go back a little bit to to my college days. Um, so when I went to Bowling Green State University um, and I was going through that process of like picking my major, um, I just, I always knew I wanted to help people. Um, so I started actually as a social work major and then switched to a healthcare administration major with a minor in business. And that kind of segued into my experience with healthcare philanthropy. I was introduced to Children's Miracle Network um, at Bowling Green through the Dance Marathon program. And I actually worked at the bookstore uh, and we did a retail campaign every year where we raised funds um, for the Dance Marathon program. So I fell in love with Children's Miracle Network, the local aspect of it, 100% of all funds raised throughout any program of CMN stays local. 
after I finished my college experience, I was at Dayton Children's, which is a CMN hospital where I managed extra life. So that was my first experience with that. Absolutely loved it. And one of my favorite events, just looking back, was this event called the Geek Gala in support of Extra Life. And we took the general um, gala experience and kind of put a twist on it and did a cosplay event. And we ended up raising thousands of dollars for Extra Life Dayton. So, I mean, fast forward five years, I'm now obviously managing the Extra Life Detroit program here for Beaumont Children's and raise uh, over $100,000 annually. So just absolutely loves the the Extra Life program. And my favorite games to play, um, I started back with my gameplay with a Game Boy Color. I had like the Oh, my God. Um, old school. That's yeah, me you- too. I I started <laughs> off with uh. Well, I think I had, it's like I did a I just did a podcast with uh Replay Cafe last Friday oh, and yeah, we were nice. talking about that and I was like yeah it was either like the PS One or like the Game Boy Color and I had like the I had a purple one I used to always plug nice. in my I used to plug in my headphone have headphones on and I was just a clumsy kid but have it set it down walk off somewhere and then just drag it on the floor. Oh my god! I had like a plug-in light that would like help light up the screen. I had one of those too. I remember yes, that. You have to have those attachments with those. Um, but st- started with playing with the Game Boy Color. Transitioned shortly after that into like the Nintendo sixty-four. Still like that Mario Kart um, type of game. And I got into computer games a little bit. I, I still remember very vividly. Um, NBA Live 2005, like that was my jam. But now I'm not like super into gaming, but I I do love board games like Sequence. Um, I just tried a new one called Labyrinth. Um, It's super fun. I'm really into Euchre. I also have a PlayStation, so I I play things like Call of Duty every now and again. Um, Crash Bandicoot, gotta love that. Oh, that's that's an old one. (laughs) It is. So it came on the PlayStation, so I tried it out, and I'm obsessed with it. Um, And then I'm really into sports games, too, like MLB The Show and, and FIFA. So love playing all different types of games, anything from board games, card games, uh, video games. So I'm all about it. Yeah, so, you know, we've kind of mentioned Extra Life. So for our viewers, you know, in the audience who don't know what Extra Life is, what is Extra Life? Yeah, Extra Life is a, a Children's Miracle Network program. And essentially, it, it's a program that unites gamers um, that want to give back to pediatric patients at their local Children's Miracle Network hospital. The main way people activate the program is through a 24-hour gaming marathon, which sounds like a lot. It is a lot of energy drinks involved, I'm sure. But usually on this first Saturday in November, people sign up and they game for 24 hours straight. And they do that by asking friends and family to sponsor them through donations. And, you know, our Detroit Guild raises money and it all comes back to Beaumont Children's. I, I Like I said, I think this is an amazing program. Uh, I quite don't know how Extra Life got started, but I think I was talking to you about it before. So how did Extra Life become what it is today? Back in 2008, um, the program launched and it was very hyper local to Texas because it was a way of honoring this this young girl named Victoria Enman. She had acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Through like news news um, coverings, the gamer community found out about Tori's battle with with this disease. 
um, and they just united to help her. They sent her video games, they sent her gifts, they sent her well wishes letters. And what they found was Tori, she had a better experience in the hospital when she had that gaming as an outlet. Unfortunately, she relapsed twice um, and lost her life to, to acute lymphoblastic leukemia in January of 2018. Really, it started there. It sparked a movement. Um, this this gamer group, like I said, in, in Texas, they supported Texas Children's Hospital. They raised over $300,000 in their first two years. And then after that, CMN National picked up on it and it spread all cr- across the United States and into Canada. So that's kind of, you know, the story behind where Extra Life started and, and how it grew so rapidly. Yeah, so we kind of hinted on it. What's the importance of Extra Life? Yeah, I, uh, there's so many different answers, I feel <laughs> like, to this question. Um, it unites a community. It really brings together outstanding people for for one cause, and that's, you know, play games and heal kids. But 100% of the funds stay local to your hospital of choice. Um, I think it's so important, and I don't think that we don't, I feel like we don't explain the ripple effect enough. I mean, we raise over $100,000 every single year to support medical equipment and technology, um, comfort programs like pet therapy, art therapy, music therapy, just programs, technology, and items that make children's hospitals children focused and the best in that area. And it's important because we're serving hundreds of thousands of kids every year. Um, and, and Extra Life makes sure that, that that care is accessible and it's great. How does Extra Life really get involved with the community? I know you guys do do some outreach uh, in terms of that, but what what is the specifics uh, for you know getting involved with the local community? We do partner with local universities and high schools that have esports programs. So you know if you're a student or at a, a coach or just love games, check that out. Your local school or university may have a program that's supporting Extra Life. But really to get involved and to start, I would say sign up, go to extra-life.org and essentially you're fundraising and recruiting to play games and heal kids, but you can make it your own. That's what's amazing about Extra Life. You can play your favorite games with your favorite people and it goes to a greater cause. But if you are registering, I think one of the really fun things that people get super pumped about is the incentives that come along with that. If you want a shot at earning those amazing incentives, make sure that you register Platinum. It's $19, um, but you can unlock unlock things like super cool designed uh, decals, t-shirts, even medals, gold and uh, platinum medals, gaming dice, things like that. But just to start getting involved, go to extra-life.org and talk to your local hospital. Um, there's contact information on those on extra-life.org and, and just see how you can get more involved in the community. What does it look like, you know, for 2021 and past that? Yeah, absolutely. Locally for Extra Life Detroit, the future is super bright. Last year was the first year we really took a specific piece of technology that we were um, striving to fund. Um, in 2020, we, we really wanted to purchase two sets of virtual reality MRI goggles. And essentially, this piece of technology removed the need to sedate pediatric patients when they needed an MRI. And there's always risk associated with sedation. So we 
pushed out that messaging and rallied our guild and we were able to purchase both sets and we raised more to have uh, funds for the greatest need for Beaumont Children's. So that's kind of looking back a little bit. This year we are supporting the neonatal intensive care unit. So our goal is to raise $155,000 to support uh, medical equipment and technology for the expansion of our NICU. But I, like I said, I think the, the future for Extra Life nationally and locally is extremely bright. I think with, with esports on the rise um, and teams wanting to reach out and help, um, there's just so much potential for our program. And overall, gaming has become the top form of entertainment. And I think having Extra Life at, you know, partnering on with that. Um, I There's just so much good to, to do in the community and Extra Life is definitely the program for that. Yeah, well, thank you again, Christy. I know this has been definitely going to be some great information for our audience. Um, I look forward to doing Extra Life again in the fall because um, it's it's always a great time. I think every every year, the last few years, I've, I've done the full 24-hour stream. Um, but yeah, thanks cool. again. Absolutely. What does your timeline look on game day? I just am curious. Last year was a little bit weird. We did it virtually, but we just we just did had a selection of games. But the year prior to that, before COVID really broke out, um, we were in the esports room uh, on Lawrence Tech's campus, and we nice. were in there. It, it's very weird. You think that the main complaint I really had was about the room was that you're sitting in this gaming chair for 24 plus hours and you think oh it's gonna be comfortable but just wanting to like move around because you know it's just in that building but um we play we play League of Legends we did other things I think we played Smash we just had it like it was kind of the same thing as last year we just had a continual rotation of games nice love it energy drinks I'm sure right yeah uh I was I I don't know. When I get tired, I'm a little bit grumpy. So at the end, I'm <laughs> I'm going home to don't go to let bed. Streamers see that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right, guys, thanks, thanks for the support. I'm gonna go sleep <laughs> now. But yeah, I think again, where can people find more information about Extra Life? Yeah, I, I mentioned it a little bit before, but extra-life.org is where you can sign up and get a lot of a lot of information on the program. Um, locally, we have Extra Life Detroit Facebook group. Um, ask to join that. That is filled with local Extra Life Guild participants. So you can connect with people that are, are doing the same thing that you are and, and see kind of the impact of where the dollars are going. We share a lot of like hospital updates and things like that in that group. Um, and I will send you some registration links that you can add in the show notes um, if anybody's interested in just clicking and registering um, right from the podcast. All right. Well, thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.